0: Good morning, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCarton McCarton after midnight, I'll be talking all things New York sports with you until 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps or you're in a rideshare home or you're working on a weekend like usual. Hey! Me and Nick are, too. Don't adjust your clock. It is correct. I've got a special 3 a.m. edition coming your way tonight. Like I said, Nick is with me tonight. We're coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. You guys know that number, 877-337-6666. Let's load them up with your best content only, please, and thank you. We had a late edition uh, to the show today, and I'm excited to announce our special guest for tonight. But first... Let me give out the clues that I gave on social media to see if you guys can guess who it is if you haven't seen the clues already. Clue one was the emoji of a devil. Clue two was the hockey stick and puck emoji, just in case you missed the New Jersey devil idea, right? So we know it's hockey. We know it's the devils. And clue three, I had an emoji. It was like a little math equation here. It was an emoji of the logs, a plus sign, and the emoji of the axe, equals sign. So what do you get when you take an axe to logs? Wood. Miles Wood will be joining us next hour from the New Jersey Devils.
1: It's, some beach.
0: it's an exciting time of year.
2: There's a big umbrella casting shade over an
0: Our New York baseball teams have completed just about one week of spring training in the hot, beautiful, warm breeze blowing Florida. And while they aren't sitting on some beach somewhere, you know that we all want to be. It's freezing outside. That's Blake Shelton, obviously. You know, I've got a huge issue with how these Grapefruit League games are and are not being televised. Call me crazy, but a Garrett Cole start to me is way more important than a Pittsburgh at Clemson NCAA basketball game on the YES Network today. The same way that today, the first Jacob deGrom start of the season, is more important than a Sacred Heart at Bryant NCAA basketball game on SNY. Take the feelings out of it. it it's just facts. And I just, I want to make sure I got this straight. A video feed of two of the league's best pitchers, who just happened to play in our major market, New York, were not, accessible today. The last I checked, we're in the year 2021, thank God. We have television, radio, and streaming services that turn our smartphones into small portable TVs. Why is it so difficult to tune into and watch a spring training baseball game? To know what's going on, why do I have to constantly refresh a brutally delayed apps GameCast that has dots for base runners, a cartoon for a batter, and a hit zone, strike zone, that is temporarily unavailable. I got to be honest, I gave up on it. And you know why I'm particularly annoyed? You know that I don't like to regurgitate what everyone's saying. You know me well enough by now, everybody, that I like to make observations with my own ears and my own eyes and to take my own notes. So on the two daytime Yankees and Mets games that I get to talk about with you on the air this morning, I didn't even get an opportunity to watch them. That is extremely upsetting, and it makes me feel like I cannot deliver the best content to you from today's game. So I read a bunch of stuff for both teams. I refreshed my Twitter feed like a fiend this afternoon while flipping back and forth to the Devil's Rangers game. And I just I tried to connect the dots between all of them for you this morning. And that, I'm afraid, is, is the best I could do because, again, there was nowhere to watch the games, most particularly on TV and via streaming services. This is an awful look for a sport that, at the youth level, is being increasingly beat out by lacrosse. I see it all the time. For a sport that many fans, many real fans, wouldn't be able to pick out Mike Trout if he were to walk down Hudson Street right here in Manhattan in plain clothes. It's brutal. It's just so brutal. And please know, I'm not being critical of any individual network. I'm being critical of Rob Manfred and the league itself. Also, too, you can lump in there the the, the blackout restrictions that happen during the season I think are ridiculous. You know I'm a huge baseball fan. I will watch any team that happens to be on TV. Man, I've almost seen every team play in their home stadiums. I've got only 11 left on my tour of the Grand USA. The league has to do better to put their product out there to all the fans, the diehard fans, the casual fans, and even the potential new ones. And first, I think I speak for all baseball fans, all of them that I just mentioned, regardless of fandom, in wishing Yankees manager Aaron Boone well and welcoming him back to the dugout. Boone returned to check out Garrett Cole's simulated game Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m., and he was also in the dugout to manage the Yankees, uh, the afternoon game against the Pirates. Maybe, I'm sure you heard, but he had a health scare that forced him out of the dugout and onto the operating table. He had a pacemaker installed after his heart rate dropped into the 30s, which is quite serious and may affect the brain's ability to take in oxygen. So baseball fans everywhere, I'm sure, are glad to see him back at it. Besides the fact that these Yankees seem to be feast or famine at the plate still, the biggest question mark, the biggest unknown surrounding the team is and will continue to be its starting pitching, both its collective ability and its depth. Chris Brown, can I get an answer? It's what I've been focusing on in spring training so far, and maybe this is unfair because usually at this date on the calendar, pitchers are always behind the hitters in terms of development and and readiness. But it is, in my opinion, the biggest Yankee weakness at the moment. They're starting pitching. This is not a panic button show. You guys know that. And after one week of work, I do have some thoughts on the Yankees pitchers that I, spayed, that I paid special attention to, starting, obviously, with Garrett Cole. And I hope I'm not issuing a jinx, and maybe I shouldn't say it, but he is as dependable as they come. In fact, he was actually supposed to pitch the Saturday afternoon game, but the, the potential of a rainout forced him into the, like I said, the 9.30 a.m. sim game instead. The rest of the pitchers, well, cautious optimism. And the most curious case is Domingo Herman, and he made his debut on Friday. So, for all intents and purposes, we will discuss on this show Domingo Herman, the player, and only the player. This is like a real tough spot for me to be in, given the suspension and the fact that we still don't know exactly what transpired with him to lead to it. So, on this show, he will only be Herman, the pitcher, not Herman, the human being. That will be my evaluation of him. There is no ignoring him. He will be part of the Yankees moving forward. If Hal Steinbrenner, above all, who knows all of the information, I assume, feels that he deserves another chance to play, I guess that's fine. But on this program, we will only be discussing him when necessary and as he performs on the field. And with that, I have one word for him in his debut. Impressive. The guy hasn't pitched in 534 days. I know it was one outing. But it was everything that the Yankees could have hoped for in that outing. He opened with a three pitch swinging strikeout of Tigers' Robbie Grossman. It was a nasty off speed pitch. It was down and way out of the zone. Changeup was working for him. His fastball touched 94 miles an hour. Final stat line was two innings pitched, four strikeouts, one hit. 31 pitches was a little high. 21 of them went for strikes, so. though. So I think if you're a Domingo Herman fan, you are. Uh, or, well, if you're a Yankee fan, you are you are high on Domingo Herman as of right now. We shall see what will happen. In the news that everyone saw coming, the Mets have officially named Jacob DeGrom their opening day starter, April first in Washington. After he made his first spring training start, though, in it he threw some high heat, touching a hundred. On the gun a few times. Goodness gracious, Jacob deGrom is in midseason form. By the way, he'll join Seaver, Gooden, and Santana as the only Mets pitchers to start three straight openers. DeGrom tossed a dazzling two innings from what I've read. Didn't see it, but I read it. (laughs) Final stat line was 29 pitches, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, and most importantly, No runs scored. The one hit was a double. And as DeGrom explained in his post-game Zoom, he said, after that double, McCann said, nobody is on time with your fastball. So we stuck with that, and we really worked on locating it. So in his next outing, I'm sure he'll mix in some other stuff, but the fastball was on today or Saturday. As far as to what to look for for the Mets, I I mean, I feel as though they have a ton less questions about their team and about their lineup than the Yankees do. They, like for instance, they will have one of the best starting rotations in baseball. The Dodgers, I think, are have the best. They have a new young superstar in the most important infield position in shortstop Francisco Lindor, and I don't just say that because I played there. They have the best catcher behind home plate in James McCann that they've had in years, and they have an offensive. They have an offense that is built, in my opinion, the right way, balanced. Hit for average, mix in some power, and get on base. All you have to do is look at the way that they've been scoring their runs. Take Saturday, for example. Alonzo, run scoring double. Almora, run scoring single. Oh, look, a Dom Smith home run, followed by a Polar run scoring single. A fielder's choice that led to an error. A Mauricio, run scoring single. Ended in a 6-1 Mets win over the Astros. By the way, the Mets took on a team in the Houston Astros that had exactly eight pitchers on the COVID protocol list prior to first pitch. They didn't specify if it was just protocol or if some of them tested positive. They didn't specify. So, I mean, I guess maybe the main question surrounding the Mets at this point is what their outfield will look like defensively, question mark, dot, dot, dot. You got Conforto and right. You figure to have Conforto and right. I say Nemo. Brandon Nemo in center. Nemo's the Italian way. And then you got Dom Smith and left. They figure to be the opening starters, opening day starters as of today. Smith in the outfield. Oof, I know. And I know they need his bat, but boy, oh boy. And then how do newcomers Kevin Pilar and Albert Almora Jr. Uh, fit into this equation? We'll take a look at their first impressions later tonight.
3: Hey now, you're an all star. Get your game on.
0: Go play. Hey all-star weekend technically nba all-star sunday though since all of the festivities have been squished into one day due to covid restrictions you'll be watching some talent from our local teams get their game on and go play or later today the Knicks rookie obi Toppin is one of only three contestants this year in the slam dunk competition which is going to take place at halftime of the game which i think is pretty cool actually Nick's power forward Julius Randle will be featured on the pregame skills challenge. And in fact, in the field of six players, oh, I saw it, it change. The line was Randle at 480 to win the skills competition. Screenshotted it on the way in. He is now at plus 390. He still has the third best odds to win it. Behind Chris Paul and, of course, Luka Doncic. I think Doncic is going to win it. But, of course, the main event is the game itself. And you've got Kevin Durant. Team Kevin Durant. It'll feature him, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and the aforementioned Randall. Over under points for the total for the game, by the way, 308.5. For a second, I I thought I had clicked on any regular season Brooklyn Nets game. Just kidding. The
4: Knicks. Oh, the Knicks.
0: They are entering the All Star break, having won seven of their last eight at the Garden. Is it too good to be true? Knicks fans can't wait to take their eyes off of them. Or they wait, you know what I mean. They're sitting at 19 and 18 at the All Star break. It is their best record at the break in eight seasons. If you do the math, it's what, 2013? You know, Las Vegas had them pegged prior to the season start at an over-under at 21.5 games this season total. They've won 19 so far. And if the season ended today, the Knicks would be the 5 seed in the NBA playoffs. The 5 always takes on the 4, which, if the season ended today, would be the Boston Celtics. And in case you were wondering, the Knicks beat the Celtics 105-75 on January 17th. And if you're into schedule-watching, They've got them again on April 7th, which is my brother's birthday, and again on May 16th, which is the day before mine. There isn't anyone that could have predicted that the Knicks would have played this good. I'm pretty good at this sort of thing. You guys know that. But this, I did not see the Knicks playing this well up until the break at this point. We'll talk about this tonight, but Julius Randle ended his narrative in the Players' Tribune with this quote. And if you haven't read it, go ahead and do it because we could talk about it tonight, but it's a great, great article. He said, I'm grateful for the chance to make a second first impression. And me, I'm going to add the words or the phrase in New York because it's a rarity. However, another person that I hope gets the opportunity to make a second chance at a first impression is Sam Darnold. Yes, I still believe that Sam Darnold should be the New York Jets quarterback when this season begins. I'm not budging on it. They have four first-round draft picks over the next two drafts. That's a king's ransom and the right way to build a team in the age of salary cap, correct? Don't you want to have four of the best positions, um, you know, edge rusher, cornerback, um, whatever else. Don't you want to have them under team control on rookie deals? Did you not watch the Super Bowl? I mean, in Patrick Mahomes, I felt like I was watching Darnold. That showcase of Patrick Mahomes made it quite evident that without a capable offensive line, no quarterback that comes into this Jets situation will be successful. And Darnold railed against that. The fact that he had no offensive line, the fact that he had no offensive threats to help him, never mind a running game, forget that, no tight end, no wide receivers that can go up and get a contested ball. And on top of all that, he had an inept head coach that under which, under whose tutelage He digressed. If Wayne Corbett came on this show and told you, and if Tony Richardson came on this show and told you that Sam Darnold deserves another chance with the Jets, I don't know about you, but I'm trusting their same but independent opinions. Used the draft capital to build a team. Stay patient, everybody. And in hockey news, the Devils and the Rangers were off- to the races in the first period at The Rock today. Five goals were scored in the first period, the last three coming in successive fashion. It was an exciting period of hockey for the viewer. I'm not sure the players or the coaching staff, but the Rangers ended up being ahead 3 2 to begin the second period. And they took, they eventually, I mean, they didn't look back. They took it 6 3, with the final New York goal being an empty netter by Ryan Strom. It was about a minute and maybe 90 seconds left to play in the game. The Islanders crushed the Buffalo Sabres five to 5-2. And Matt Barzell's goal is something you have to see to believe. I, I retweeted it Saturday afternoon on the break. I, I guess I could do it again. You can go ahead and find it. The goal of the season so far is no exaggeration. I can't even explain it. You just have to see it for yourself. And the Islanders are sitting atop the new for 2021 Eastern Division, leading the second place Washington Capitals by two points. So, um... I'm ready to go tonight. There's lots lots, lots of things to do, lots of things to get to. We have a smorgasbord of teams that we could talk about tonight. It's an exciting time in New York sports. I've set the table for you. It is time to eat. I cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877-337-6666. I am Danielle McCartin after midnight on the fan in New York City. Back, back, back again. Again, again. Danielle's back, back. Back, back. Tell a friend. friend. Uh. So Great Minds Think Alike, Nick and I, we, we separately, independently thought this was a great song to come back to on this early Sunday morning here in New York City. DJ Nick, you nailed it. So before, you know, we, we talk about sports now, I just, I just want to let you know why, why am I back, why am we making this a big deal? Um, I guess I, I'm just like one step closer to, to normalcy. Uh, I had gotten my second uh, COVID shot Friday, and, and man, did it, it knock me on my butt. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I just didn't want to force a show for you guys because I can assure you that it would have not been the quality that you've come to expect from me. So, um, man, I, it was. Um, I got a Friday, <clears throat> Friday around, excuse me, five thirty p.m. I, I wasn't hundred percent until Tuesday. So, um, you know, it's just something you got to do, though. It was the Moderna one. Just so you know, I know that's probably going to be a follow up question. Yes, it was the Moderna one. Um, so I just want to let you go that, that, you know, we've all, you know, never met. I, I feel like we're like this radio community, but none of us have ever actually met each other or even really seen each other. But you guys have sent me so many nice, encouraging messages on Twitter and on Facebook all week. You guys checked in with me almost daily to see how I'm feeling. I mean, it's it's just it's just truly humbling. I mean, really, thank you. Um, Pete Hoffman, he held down the fort. I hope you guys enjoyed him. I actually woke up with a 101-degree fever and uh, around 1.40 in the morning last weekend, and uh, I texted Pat, who was producing, and uh, I said, I'm going to listen for a little while. And so I was tuned into my own show like, like you guys were. So Pete Hoffman held it down, props to him, and it uh, feels good to be back. Although the parking, I did get a spot tonight, though, so I'm happy about that. I did pray that I got a spot right out front here. So with that being said, um, you know, you have to do it. And, I'm just, and my dad, zero. He had zero symptoms. I don't want to turn this into a whole medical show tonight. I'm just saying that's why I'm back. I'm ready to go. I'm 100%. And we will go to the phones for the first time in two weeks, everybody. Leading off tonight, leading off the program, Kevin in Camden, what is up?
5: What's up, coach? How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good now. How are you? I'm good. Tired.
5: No, uh, the 3 a.m. thing is a little too much. <laughs> oh, so, I'm going to say this. I I think that baseball, not broadcasting the games is ridiculous. Bro- I don't mean, really. I mean, even if even if the TV's a little much, okay, I get that. But you can't even broadcast the game on radio? Really? Wow. Well, I mean, it was just, and the and the ESPN broadcast, don't even get me started with that. What's wrong? Don't even get me, that was, that was atrociously bad. Atrociously oh, I, bad. I, I'm not watching ESPN anymore. I'm All right, what, me,
0: what'd you hate about it?
5: Just, they, they don't talk about the game. They interview people we don't care about. Like, <laughs> it's just so bad. I'm not watching it. I'll listen to Howie Rose on Radio or John Sterling. I will not watch that malarkey, that garbage, or that dribble. I will not watch it. I will not watch it.
0: Not a fan. Saying. Kevin is not a fan of a of no. a different broadcast. Got it. No. Noted. No.
5: And I and I know and I I would have loved to see Jake. And I hope that they I hope that MLB fixes this because this this spring training is underwhelming for me so far. Yeah, I don't know much about the teams. I, I want to know. Know. know about our teams. And I don't know
0: much because the games are barely on. And guess what, Kevin? It's, it's like Saturday, that's not the first time that I couldn't find the Yankee game because it wasn't on.
5: That's ridiculous. I, 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 I totally get it. I totally get it. I just hope it gets fixed. Yeah. Real quick. I know I didn't bring this up. But the Nets are about to find Blake Griffin, all right? Uh, are they, though? Uh, I mean, are they? That's what I heard. They shouldn't. Most likely, I don't think but they if, should. If if he does come, just hypothetically, because yeah. I heard it's it's cool. Do you think he's going to help the Nets? Because I think he could. You know, not, he can't jump. He can't dunk anymore, but he could do a lot of other things. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, Kevin. Let me let me let you go because I got a little Thank something on on Kevin uh, on um. Have on a good night. You Thanks. too, Kevin. Thanks for the call. You know, Blake Griffin. Uh, as I sit here, there's a. This is pretty cool. This thing. It's a Kevin Durant like. I don't even know what this is, all-star something, limited edition like figurine. It's huge. I'll send a picture out of it on the break. But can Blake Griffin help the Nets? Um, Well, I I think the answer is yes and no uh, because what do the Nets need? The Nets need big men. They need a big dude on the court. So Blake Griffin, listed at 6'9", he would be the fourth tallest net behind DeAndre Jordan, Nick Claxton, and Kevin Durant. But then, though, there's the whole power forward versus center debate. And in my opinion, I think the Nets need a true center. And then there's the money. Griffin, in his last year with the Pistons, was making $34 million. With the Nets payroll the way it is. But the owner says he's willing to go over the luxury tax. You'd have to wonder how much he's willing to exceed it, though, and for whom. And how much is Griffin willing to take a pay cut to be with the Nets? So... Also, what bothers me about him is the perennial knee injury, especially with big men. It, they're not good, and and I'll put it that way that they're not good knee injuries with big guys that are jumping and rebounding and, and running on on you know on hardwood. I I think I think ultimately, um, I I know it's reported that he wants he's, he's a free agent and he wants to go to either the Lakers, the Clippers, the Heat, the Warriors, or the Nets, right and there's mutual interest, I you know, like Kevin said, there's mutual interest with the Nets. I just don't know if um, if that's the right move because they need, you know, based on need based, they need a center. I think Jared Allen, his absence is is hurting the Nets more than they they want to admit. So uh, I think I'm out on Blake Griffin, you know, but I'm not the GM of the Nets, so we'll see what they do. Uh, you know, he would be the fourth-tallest player on the roster. So I'll give him that. You know, and we could talk about how he is on defense, right, because that's what the Nets also need help with. But we could talk about that a little bit later in the program. I, I, you know, all things considered, all the research I've done, I'd be out on Blake Griffin if I were the Nets. But that's just me. All right, let's go to Tim in East Haven. Tim, what is up?
6: Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> oh,
0: I like that one, too. How you feeling, Coach? I'm good. I'm, now I'm good. I'm good now.
6: Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Good to have you back. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to get into uh, the five and the last five and two uh, Rangers the last seven games, mm-hmm. turning a corner, playing some good. The kids are performing.
0: Chris Kreider. I mean, come on. It's like a he's Crider doing video game stuff. And- <laughs>
6: <laughs> this team is. Um, there are they are rolling. They and their best player isn't even on the team right now. Yeah, he's but, in another country.
0: <laughs> well, that whole thing with Panarin is
6: uh, crazy, radar. isn't it crazy? I mean, do we even have any reports on him? I
0: no, I don't. Think I haven't so.
6: heard a peep. Doesn't which it? Which kind of worries it,
0: me. Kind of scares me too, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I that whole thing is crazy. Um, I don't know. I'm looking. I just typed in Panarin into Google, and you know. Nothing really has, uh,
6: nothing comes up, right? No, uh, I, Anyway, they played really well today. Um, patience, like I've been telling brother Kevin, patience, they're young, they're very young. Yeah, Philip Heedle looked good today, Libor Hayek looked good today. These kids struggle their first two, three years, yes. kind of like Loc and Kako. Yep. You just got to give them time, you just got to trust, you know. Um. But I do want to see a win against the Islanders. It's good to beat the Devils twice and score 12 goals in two games. It's good to beat Buffalo. Beat the Islanders. Beat beat Boston consistently.
0: Well, you got to beat the best to be the best.
6: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Anyhow, um, quick baseball note. Uh, as a Red Sox fan, it's not just uh, the New York thing. It's baseball in general. These games aren't anywhere. It's horrible. I mean, they're doing a terrible job with that. And I have a quick question for you about the football giants. Yeah. Maybe you could settle a debate with me and my friend Joe.
0: Oh, no. Okay. Let's see. (laughs) Don't tell me who's on what (laughs) side. What's the question?
6: You you voted Joe last time, so we'll we'll see. Okay. Um, Your thoughts on our offensive coordinator, Mr. Garrett, returning.
0: Mm, Yay or nay? Okay. I got it, Tim. I got the answer. I'm going to hang up so you can hear the answer. Okay. Thank you. All right, Tim. Thanks for the call. Bye. Bye. Tim wants to know, yay or nay, on Jason Garrett. My answer is going to be, yay. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, Tim, you can DM me and see. tell me now which side you were on. I'm going to go with yay on him. Not like a, a resounding yay, but yes on him because. For two reasons, I would say it's, it's kind of two-pronged here. One, he operated most of the season without say, the threat of Saquon Barkley in the backfield, okay? Saquon Barkley has game-breaking ability at any point. He could break the game open, break off a 99-yard run, catch and run at any moment, okay? So that for that reason, defenses need to have him in the game plan, right? And to account for him in the game plan. And not to just key in on making the Giants pretty much – I don't say pretty much, but 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 a one, um, what's that word? One-dimensional team, passing the ball, right? The other thing, the other reason why I'm in on on Jason Garrett, um, not enthusiastically. Let me add that. But the other reason why I'm in on Jason Garrett is the fact that I don't want Daniel Jones learning a new offense and a new offensive coordinator and a new language. Again, you know what I mean? Like I I just. That would be Sam Darnold 2.0. So I think in terms of continuity, you know, in terms of giving him cutting him a break a little bit with um, you know, with with not having Saquon Barkley in the backfield, a thought also just popped into my mind of of Golden Tate, you know, give me the damn ball, taking a page out of Keyshawn Johnson's literal book, Gimme the Damn Ball. Um, I don't know. I I would give him another year. I I I got Jason Garrett on a one year trial period. If after the end of this upcoming season things haven't changed, then, then you show them the door. But uh, I know it's a long-winded answer, but it's, I hope, a well-thought-out answer about why I would give Jason Garrett um, one more year. I would keep him around. All right, let's go to in the order that you guys called, of course, Eric in Ronkonkoma. You are on the fan.
7: Hey, Danielle. I'm glad you're back and feeling better. Well, thank you. Uh, I, uh, I'm actually taking my parents a week from tomorrow for their first shot. So uh
0: good. You know,
7: uh you know, get that out of the way and uh
0: hopefully they don't have
7: any uh uh reaction from it, but you know, you never know it's part of the deal.
0: I know. The first so, one wasn't bad. The first one I was just very tired, my arm hurt for like three days, but it wasn't yeah. bad for me anyway.
7: which 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 one did you say you had? Moderna, Moderna. yeah. Moderna, yeah. right? okay. Um but yeah, anyway anyway, you know, it's important that you got it and then glad you're feeling better, so that's amazing. Wow. Um Look, I same thing, you know, with the with the baseball. I mean, I'm searching all around for the the Met game. I mean, I wanted to see the ground, you know, uh, see how he looked and everything. I mean, yep. I could find it on the radio, I, and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, I, I thought maybe they got rained out because they were talking bad weather, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in Florida. So I thought maybe the game got canceled. And you know, I mean, thankfully the MLB game was on, you know, uh, so I could watch that. And uh, that out was a beauty. I mean, almost.
0: Wasn't but, it? Oh my god. Uh,
7: Oh, I mean, That's like uh, sk- that, that kid is so so special. It, it's really, you know.
0: It uh, was like NHL skills competition good in the middle of a game. Oh, That's how good it was.
7: He, he, he And you know, he's so fast. I mean, it's just, the, the puck handling for someone who can skate like that is just, and, and you know, and they got, yeah, I got to tell you, you know, uh, Oliver Wallstrom is really starting to, you know, turn into something too. So, uh, uh you know, it's going to be great to, uh, uh, you know, great the way they go. I mean, look, I mean, they, they can only play who they're playing on the schedule. I know, like, that previous poll said, you know, the, he wants the Rangers to beat the Islanders. And, mm-hmm. and let me tell you something. I mentioned this to Steve Summers the other day. You know, when, when the Rangers start getting going, I mean, that that's going to be a rivalry. I mean, I mean, me being an Islander fan, but, the, you know, it's a great rivalry to begin with. But when both teams are, are clicking, that's going to be fun to watch for years. Yes. So, uh,
0: And you know, what, then, you know we'll know, looking what, forward. Yeah, playing the teams. I I I hope that they keep this structure. I, you know, uh, that they play the teams eight to, you know eight times or whatever. I like it. I think it builds you know yeah. regional among the fan bases too. Can you imagine what it's going to look like when the fan bases can all come together? And I, I just like it. I, I really enjoy it, and I do hope they keep it together this way moving forward.
7: Yeah, and on top of that, you got the Islanders moving into that new arena and ready to do that. So I mean, that, that's just going to you know add to the excitement. Of uh, them playing each other, you know, it's always special when uh, when they go to the garden. So I mean, it's it's just going to be, you know, and if the, if the Devils get going, I mean, to have a three way like that, uh, you know, is just going to be tremendous. So, yeah, I mean, Hockey certainly is something to look forward to, but but yeah, I was annoyed about the baseball uh, yesterday. I was just, I mean, it, DeGrom's always been my my favorite guy, you know, since he came in. I, I you know, latched onto him right away. I was on his bandwagon uh right from the beginning because he looked like a, a no nonsense guy even with the hair you when know, he first came in. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah. <laughs> uh but but I, I was very annoyed when I couldn't find the game. So uh I mean I'm glad but uh not surprised that he pitched well and, and I'm glad they won, but uh you know they they they, they gotta do a better job against you know? yeah, yeah and, and, Anyway, and, and,
0: Eric, look, thanks for the yeah. Call. yeah, yeah, Eric. Thanks for the call, Absolutely. I appreciate it. You know, and it's not, and they, by they, he said, they, it's not the individual networks. It's the league. The league needs to do a better job. It's really, I mean, how, how do you miss a Jacob deGrom's first preseason, you know, uh, spring training start? How, Garrett Cole, how do you not televise it? And not even televise, right? So let's take the Mets, because Eric's call was about the Mets. You turn on SNY and you've got the Bryant Bulldogs taking on uh, Sacred Heart basketball, men's basketball. I'm sorry. That's is lesser than Jacob deGrom's first spring training start to me. And I think a lot of people would agree. So why not put, you have an SNY app, why not put the basketball game on the app and the baseball game on TV? Or even if you it was very rigid and you couldn't change the structure of it, then why not put the game on the app? Uh, the, I'm talking the baseball on the app and the basketball, keep the basketball on the TV. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me. that We have so many different avenues to consume our sports, live sports, why has this not been thought out in in a, in a year where the CBA is expiring, they need to drum up as much interest in the league as possible, and they're just not doing it. And it's a shame. It's really terrible. So we'll take more of your calls after the break. 877-337-6666. We've got everything on the table. Knicks, Nets, Mets, Yankees. We will go. Everywhere tonight, everywhere that you want to go. We can even talk some Sam Darnold. Uh, I know Chris McMonigle. I was listening to him on the way in. He want, he would give up four first-round draft picks for, for Deshaun Watson. Um, my question to you, Chris, and maybe you're still driving home, is um, why? Who, who's he going to throw it to? Who's going to protect him? And I'm not calling Chris out. I'm calling anybody out that wants to give up the future, sell the farm for a guy like Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. But putting Deshaun Watson on that Jets team, is not enough to make them into a playoff contender with the way it's currently constructed. They don't even have a defense. So, more calls after the break, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Welcome back, everybody, to McCartan After Midnight. Hi, can you tell? I slept before the show tonight. Can you can you tell? A little energetic tonight. I'm a little hungry, though. I was telling Nick before. i got to get my little bites out and ready to go here coming up later in the show don't forget we've got miles wood coming up probably about an hour from now i wanted to tell you a year ago uh today march 7th i was at the u.s women's national team practice at red bull stadium in newark probably one of a maybe a dozen media members there on the field then i noticed that the, back, this, the back of this huge guy wearing a yellow hoodie with the hood up holding a little girl's hand i was like who's that guy you know, I saw the back of him. He, the, he were him and the daughter or the girl who I now know as the daughter were also watching practice on the field. This is at Red Bull stadium in Newark. When he turned around, it was none other than Saquon Barkley. So thanks to Jen from giants PR. I interviewed Saquon Barkley right there on the U S women's national team. Step and repeat. Um, I actually, I could tweet out the interview, uh, and I'll put it on Facebook too, at Coach MCCARTAN, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. I'll I'll send out the video interview. And, you know, I do about, or was doing about 75 interviews every year. And that was my last in-person interview one year ago today. One in the last 365 days, you know, in-person interview. And I remember how we ended it. I usually shake the hand at the end of it. and And I looked at him and I was like, we're not allowed to do this anymore. So just give me like a, Give me an elbow bump. So, Saquon Barkley, a year ago today, was my first elbow bump in this pandemic. Um, and that was, he was checking out U.S. women's national team practice with his, with his daughter. He's a girl dad. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Okay. Uh, let's go to Bobby in Yonkers. You're on the fan.
8: Hey, how are you guys?
0: Good. You guys, it's just Good. me tonight, You know
9: Bobby. what? You got me thinking. Could I just a quick shout out before I get into my subject on the Olympics? Okay. I'd like to send a shout-out to a friend of mine, Jenny Brown, down in uh, Texas. You know, they're cut up in such a horrible situation down there, the aftermath. Well, Jenny Brown, uh, I, I hope good. you're doing
0: well, Jenny Brown. All right, what's the Olympics point?
9: Yeah, send our prayers out. Um, so I was talking to your producer yeah. about the Olympics, and I know this is probably not exactly a uh, a popular subject, but I just don't understand how— an event. Well, first of all, I'm 62 years old, mm-hmm. so I did grow up at a time where the Olympics was really a heralded event. Mm-hmm. People waited for it every four years to gather around their TV and even communities. I know in my area in Yonkers, we would get the whole block around the TV and watch, you know, with bated breath, these Olympic events. And I don't understand to the like of life of me how the Olympics has fallen off, you know, the radar in terms of Consumer interest, American interest. And I'm thinking that, you know, isn't there an opportunity to resuscitate that? Isn't it important for us in terms of global unity to resuscitate those events? I mean, that's the reason by which the Olympics were founded. Right.
1: Yeah. And And, uh, and how
9: has that, you know, Danielle, in your opinion, how has that gone by the board? I mean, how have we over the last 20 years lost interest in the Olympics?
0: You know, uh, Bobby, that, that's that's a that's a very and thanks for the call there. That's a very existential kind of question there. Um, I you know I can I cannot talk for you know the masses, and I'm sure maybe the other calls can can chime in on this, uh, the other callers tonight. But for me, I know I have not lost interest on it. Uh, I make it a point to watch, especially um, the women's games, the women's sports. We just talked about the women's national team, the the soccer team. Um, Michael Phelps. I mean. I, I know people still love the Olympics. I just, you know, the thought as you were talking that came to my mind was that the fact that we just have nowadays on the streaming apps, on the radio, on the TV, everywhere, um, just so many, I don't want to say it like this, but, but other options. You know, like you can watch, if you have the MLB TV app, you can watch an Angels game at 10 p.m. if you really want to. You can watch a game at 1 p.m. starting at 1 p.m. here on the East Coast. All the way up through one a.m., you know. So I just think that there are so many other things that people are tuned into, um, you know. In terms of nas- national pride, I think it's um, it's important. I then you're right. That's why the games were established. Um, I, I, it's a good question. It's just an existential question there. Uh, but I- like I said, I can only speak for myself. I love the Olympics. I was so upset when they got postponed a year, but. You know, softball's back in the Olympics. I interviewed in my podcast uh, Monica Abbott. I'm hoping to have on. Here's a surprise, but, you know, we'll see if it works out. I'm hoping to have on a U.S. women's national soccer team player as it draws closer. Um, And, and, you know, right now, listen, look at the date, March 7th. The games don't start until the summer. So um, I I think, I hope that as we approach the games, get closer to them, um, people will be more interested in them. I know I will be. So I hope you tune into my show because I, I I definitely will be have a little maybe Olympic segment or something I don't know let's we'll talk about it think about it but uh, yeah so I I don't I hope that answers your question I, I I hate when people that sit in my chair give the roundabout answer so I always try not to give the roundabout answer but I feel like that kind of was but I feel like I answered it too at the same time Nick what do you think how, how did I do
2: I think you got it I think
0: I nailed it yeah. okay all right cool all right let's go to Vernon in Manhattan Vernon before you say anything Vernon. I got your yeah. emails, I've my, my day job, they changed the, the, the whole schedule on me, and I've just been trying to keep, keep up with that and then preparing for the show, I will answer your emails. but Vernon this you know Vernon told I read the emails I did. Vernon okay. Vernon has a, a flip phone, everybody <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want me to say that to the world here, Vernon, but
8: uh. <laughs> Yes I do I have a military flip phone specially designed by Samsung. And um, it's designed, designed for ruggedness. Also, if you want to dive underwater, the phone still works. I am not giving up my military flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> at even, all, you know, Vernon, I, even
0: my dad gave in. He eventually gave in.
8: <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a tablet to save me. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So
0: before I get to the... Yeah, um, and Vernon, I will answer uh, your emails. I will. I just I didn't have a chance to. So.
8: No, no problem. So uh, before I get to the uh, smartphone, um, I've got to give you a baseball question. Mm
0: -hmm. And
8: uh, for three straight weeks, you have been hot. You got three straight questions correct.
1: Oh no! Going
8: back to building a pressure (laughs) here, Babe Ruth and Jackie Robinson. Yep. That Jackie Robinson question when I gave it to other sports radio talk hosts. No one got it right. Who would you
0: give it to? I'm curious. Vern, who did you okay. ask that question to?
8: Okay. I, I gave it to um, uh, Steve Summers. Mm-hmm. I gave it question to Moose and Maggie. I gave it to um, Lynn on the W.O.R. talk show host. Mm-hmm. No one got it right. Did you,
0: you know tell him did? I did? Oh, did you tell
8: uh, him no. I did? No, I didn't oh, do that. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one that got it right. And actually, the only female that got it right. So he uh, he could stand up and be very happy of the great things you did. Hey, and, so, and for
0: anybody that missed it, Vernon asked me, uh, it was two weeks ago at this point, Vernon asked me, what are the five sports that Jackie Robinson had played um, competitively? Nailed all five of them. I swear to God, I didn't Google. Pat was here. <laughs> he and, and Pat even said in my ear, he's like, you want help? I was like, No. I got it. Got it. Wow, that makes me feel really good. Vernon, you really know how to make me feel really good. What do you got for me tonight?
8: Okay, here we go. Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record by hitting the 715th home run. Mm -hmm. Who was the pitcher?
0: He hit the home run off. See, if you're of a certain age, people are, like, yelling at their radio right now. They are. And... (laughs) I can't say that I know the answer. I can't even say that I can make an educated guess on the answer.
8: Okay. The picture was Al Downing. So.
0: Oh, Al Downing. Yeah, I have yeah. heard of him. Yes. So you, you've you been swinging a hot bat, so
8: I had to bring in a strong relief <laughs> oh. picture to, to throw at
0: you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, swing and miss on that one, Vernon. You got me on that one. <laughs>
8: well, okay. So let's go to the smartphone. Yeah. For the first time in the history of Major League Baseball, with the New York Mets, as a full season ticket holder, they are now putting the tickets on an app. You have to use your smartphone. Mm-hmm. So when my account rep called me and talked to me about it, I said, Well, listen, I got a flip phone. What am I going to do with this? And um, I did call the other people uh, to talk to him about it. The concerns they have is the tickets. They felt a ticket is like a badge of honor. So if you go to a game, you actually have tickets to show that you go there. Yeah. I save all my ticket stubs. Yep. if, If you have it on a smartphone, for me personally, several things can happen. One, if you lose the phone, there goes your tickets. Two, if I get a hold of your smartphone, I can download those tickets and have it on my phone. But you'll still have the tickets. The question is, I have to get to the game before you do to have a ticket scan. Now, if you come in later on with your smartphone and try to come in, they'll say that the ticket's not, um, uh, a problem with your ticket. That means someone got in before you. So that's the issue with that. Yeah,
0: and I don't like it either because, you know, in the age of smartphone, Uber, all that, like I would be, I don't like it. I'm with you. And yeah. call me old school. But, you know, what if your phone dies at the game or you drop it and it cracks? <laughs> or true. You know, what happens? If you have a look, yeah, look plug. <laughs> right.
8: Uh, so here's the other issue. So the thing was, I sent it to my computer, and I can open it up. But the, my um, tablet, when I sent it to I couldn't. So I finally got it open today. And the thing is, the tickets are not in there yet, so I'm going to have to actually wait for them to put the tickets in. If it gets close to the opening day and that thing is not working correctly, I'll call my account rep and I'll tell him I want eight tickets printed out, put it in the envelope, and have it for the will call because I have a person come in and pick up the tickets, and that's you. So this way I'm trying to cover all bases to get you those tickets as I promised you. Now here's another kicker. They were talking about this last Tuesday on the Craig show. There are people who actually bought tickets for the Mets opening day and the Yankees opening day. Mm -hmm. Some of those tickets will not be honored. So I'm telling everyone on the radio, please call
0: the Yankees tickets office
8: and the Mets tickets office to see if your tickets are valid. So you won't have that problem.
0: Yeah, obviously that's if, because of the, the, the limits, the uh, the capacity limits at the stadium.
8: Yeah. yeah. So before I go, the last thing to let everyone know is that if you have opening day tickets, you are going to get in. So that, that's a good part about it. Hmm. But um, Daniel, I'm going to put all power and force before me to make
0: sure you get those eight tickets, okay? <laughs> Vernon, well, I'm going to email you about that. Eight is way too many. <laughs> way too many games. I'll email yeah. you, though. <laughs> yeah, but I get 81 tickets. I know, but still. <laughs> I'll <email>. So anyway,
8: <laughs> well, the question will be to you, If you, when you get those three tickets for the next Yankee games, are you going to go to all three? Or are you going to give your father one to go to, your brother one to go to, and you go to one?
0: You <laughs> have don't... to decide what you're going to do. Anyway, <laughs> have a nice day. <laughs> Thanks, Vernon. I appreciate it. Um, always a good call Vernon is, and he's always very informative and very, I-, I can never imagine Vernon mad. Can you imagine Vernon like annoyed at something? Like he, that's an annoying thing that he just had to go through. He was emailing me about it and I, and I'm, I'm a bad person. I didn't email it back yet, but I've just been busy. I get back to everybody. I pro- you guys know that, but, uh, that, that was him that annoyed. Was
2: Vernon mad, I think. I yeah. think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard him the other night talking to Steve Summers saying that, uh. He didn't have a smartphone, and even Steve was like, Vernon, you know, you got (laughs) to update, you got to get a smartphone, and that's coming from Steve, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Steve from the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I, I, there, you know, one of my friends, her husband, he's about, I don't know, 40-ish. He, he has a smartphone, he doesn't have a smartphone either, he's got a flip phone. And uh, I can't imagine living life without one now, you know.
2: Yeah, my mom had a flip phone up until about two years ago, maybe. Wow! And she finally got a smartphone, but then it's a real headache when you're the kid trying to explain it to oh, your parents.
0: I know, I, Nick.
2: Back then, I'm, I, and then I'm like, you should just stick to the flip phone, because every like ten minutes she's coming over asking me questions like, "How do you do this?" I know. How, do you do how many that? times
0: the same thing? How many times you got to <laughs> yeah, ask, Basically, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, how,
2: how, do you, how do I do this on Facebook? How do I, you know? I know. What's the di- my mom?
0: <laughs> what's the difference between Facebook Messenger and messages and email?
2: <laughs> Still, it's like all different ways people are trying to contact. Oh, uh,
0: I can't. And she's probably listening. So, mom, if you're listening, everybody knows now. <laughs> oh my god! But yes, it, as the kid, Nick, I got you trying to. Trying to teach them. It's, uh, you know, old dog, new tricks, I guess. Definitely
2: not easy. You get frustrated very easily.
0: I know. I think because we're just, we are digital it, natives. it comes so
2: easy to us. Yes. They're like, we're like, you just push this, you do that. Like, it's second nature. Like, how do you, we don't even think about it.
0: I know. The term in, in education, speak it, it's we're digital natives. And that's why these kids are even better than we are in the classroom, at, at adapting to things and changing things and...
2: Yeah, maybe that'll be us one day. Like our, <laughs>
0: it will be us one day. Come uh, yeah. on, it will be. I couldn't even find the Yankees yeah. and Mets games this week. <laughs> I got people DMing me, oh, use this like little Bitmoji link or whatever. I'm like, oh, is that how you really do it? Like, oh, okay. My cousin, he doesn't have a box on on, uh, you know, he doesn't pay for Optimum or, or Verizon. He just streams it onto his TV every time. It's cool. He's older than me though. All right, so enough of that. Enough of that. Back to the sports. This is a sports show, everybody. It's a sports radio station, the biggest one in the country. Um, You know what? I'm going to tell you what I'm annoyed about after this commercial break, after the update. uh, I'm going to tell you what I am very much annoyed about, besides the fact that I couldn't find the games today. Um, There's another thing that I'm annoyed about. So you will hear that after the update. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan.
1: Danielle!
0: back, everybody. We are rolling right along on this abbreviated version, this 3 a.m. version of McCartan After Midnight on the fan. In New York City, in very cold New York City. We're talking uh, a lot of different things, actually, tonight. Um, mostly, though, I think it's been Mets, Yankees, spring training, baseball from warm, sunny Florida, of course. Got a Nets call tonight. Um, it's, it's NBA uh, All-Star Sunday, we can call that, All-Star Sunday today. Got a bunch of local talent competing in the game. I'll be topping in the dunk contest. Julius Randle in the skills competition, and of course, in the game as well. He plays for key team Kevin Durant. It's Durant, Harden, Irving, and Randle all on the same team. So if you're interested in that, um, I'll tune in. I do like seeing the dunk competition. I do like seeing the skills competition. I'll probably watch the game pretty much through halftime and that'll be it for me. So um, we just had Vernon calling up saying that uh, he was annoyed. That was Mad Vernon. He was annoyed that... Um, that uh, about the he doesn't have a smartphone and the Mets are only doing digital tickets this year, um, which which is a pain in the butt. I don't want I, I'm a digital native, as we just established. I don't like it. Um, I'd rather just have a ticket in my hand. I like to keep them. I have a nice little spot upstairs where I keep all my tickets, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing that I am annoyed about, besides the fact that I couldn't find the Yankees twice this week on TV, um Or the Mets on Saturday. You know, I'm like, oh, the Yankees aren't on. Let me try to find the Mets. Oh, they're not on either? Okay, let's put on the the hockey game. But anyway, that annoys me. Um, The way Rob Manfred is doing that, I got a good good tweet uh, just on the break here that I retweeted from Kyle Nuss. He said, agreed about MLB and making sure their games are on TV. I've got a lot of problems with how Rob Manfred runs the league. Even if it's a stripped-down broadcast for spring training games, they should at least be putting up all those games on the MLB app. Absolutely, yes. The other thing that annoys me, and by the way, the, on the TV in the studio, the Matt Barzell goal that we've been talking about tonight, Sports Center top ten, like it's just like a, you know that Jack Harlow song, "What's Popping," right? Sports Center top ten, Matt Barzell goal was number one. Just so you know. But the other thing that annoys me, okay, you can go ahead and call me a Jersey snob, not a New Jersey snob, but like a apparel. I only buy authentic jerseys. I know how that sounds. It's my thing, though. I don't buy them often. I don't have many of them because they're one, they're very expensive, and so many players are becoming less and less loyal to their teams across all sports. So when DJ LeMahieu signed a six-year deal to probably most likely retire as a Yankee, I was very excited. I quickly logged on to MLB shop to buy myself a gray number 26 jersey, only to find that they aren't available. They are not available. They're not sold out. They're just plain not available. That's a bad look, man. I like DJ LeMahieu a lot. I like the way he plays the game. That is the jersey, the authentic jersey that I want to buy. So that was when he first signed. I checked again Saturday just to be sure that when I brought this to the air that it was still true. And I've been checking intermittently every, you know throughout. The only available authentic jerseys in the shop are Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, and wait for it, a brand new Derek Jeter one. Okay, so at this point, I'm like, all right, you know what, fine. I'll just pay the $25 more. I'll make a custom jersey. I shouldn't have to, but I will. Select a player, okay? And you go down the list, the drop-down menu, there's no DJ LeMayhew. I'm like, wait a second, did I spell it wrong? Like, am I looking in the wrong spot here? No, I'm not. I can get a Brooks Krisky jersey. Or a Luis Medina jersey, but not a DJ LeMayhew jersey? All right, fine. Let me just go ahead and type the number two, type the number six in. I'll just really make my own. No, you know why you can't do that? Because the name field is a required field. Like, what? If there's a name, then the jersey is not authentic, and you can't proceed past that. That's what's bothering me. So, Yankees, MLB, what are you doing, man? He signed mid-January. It's March 7th. (laughs) Fix it. My God. Here I am, ready to drop $325.99 on a jersey, and I can't even do it. Come on, man. At this point, you should just be sending me one. (laughs) That sounds like a jersey snob. I'll still buy it. Just make it available, damn it. All right, Ben in Queens, you're on the fan. Everybody, 877-337-6666 is the number. Ben, what's up?
3: Firstly, welcome back. Thank you. Secondly, it is amazing, absolutely positively amazing that every year, every year around this time you hear baseball complain about, oh, we got to get new fans. We have to get new fans. Mm-hmm. Gee, and this is before even hearing your Jersey story. The fact that these games are not available, and I'm not the biggest spring training person, right. but it's good to just turn it on like when you have a break just to let me hear how the kids are doing or like by radio or, or just to, to, uh, let me see an early inning, you know? Yeah.
0: Let me watch Jacob DeGrom make his first start. Let me watch Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in the, in the baseball, you know, make his second start. I mean, come on.
3: Okay, so, so you know what? Hey, Major League Baseball, I don't want to ever hear you complain about new fans or whatever when you guys ain't putting in the extra effort to gain new fans. Yep. Because uh, you don't know how many people you've lost as potential fans. They'll just, oh, oh, wait, they're playing baseball already? Okay, let's sit down and watch a little bit of this. You know, because yep. that, that, that's the society. No one's going to schedule to sit there and watch a whole thing. Right. Okay.
0: But you catch it when it's on. And that's, that's the, that's baseball. No, I don't think anybody watches first pitch to last pitch nonstop. No. You know, you come in, you go out. Exactly. It's, it, uh, as I told friends
3: before, when they asked me, like, you call the fan? Why you call the fan? It, like sports is an old friend. Mm-hmm. And in that vein, uh, to, for a call of last segment, I hope you got NBC Sports Network. I don't know what they're going to do when Peacock happens. But every Friday, every Friday, they're giving you the track and field that's happening over in Europe. Because they're still holding their season in Europe. I know this because my dad, my mom, my sis, and myself, I can't sit and watch all day, but they catch the Diamond League and Gold League stuff and that's the way prepping for the prepping for the Olympics. Right. Now the problem is with the U.S. athletes getting over there. A bunch of U.S. athletes are over there because they went there early and they had to take the quarantine, mm-hmm. and they've been competing over there. And instead of coming back to the United States, they're going to just go from Europe straight to Japan mm-hmm. when the go ahead is given.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, so just to let him know that yep, the Olympics the Olympics is proceeding full place. It's just uh where we're stuck at. Um Clarissa Shields, props to her. Betting on herself, all female boxing card. And it sounds like they were mildly successful. And you know what? I, I give her total credit because she she said, Hey, you're not gonna you, you you're not giving me the shine. You're not giving me the 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 um the promotion. Let me uh, show time. I'm gonna leave you out of this one. Let me just try to do this myself. Mm-hmm. And all female card, <laughs> all boxing card, and you know what? Hey,
0: trendsetter. As I watch Amanda Nunes defeat Megan Anderson on the oh, TV here, that reversal,
3: here. <laughs> that reversal was awesome. Look at
0: that. I'm watching it right now.
3: Yeah. Very I, good. Uh, I, 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 I'm, kind, I'm a Twitter acquaintance with uh, Shayna Baszler from the WWE. Her last MMA fight was a loss to Nunez. Mm. But that that one, I've seen Baszler do in a ring, of course, wrestling, quote, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I saw that float over. I went, oh, my God, it's the Queen of Spades Bar. <laughs> I, You know, just yelled up like that because that's how good she is.
10: Yeah. Finally, you know, I will leave with this
3: No, go ahead. Go go ahead. Hit and end with the. In terms of hockey, I I know the range. Uh, the Devils are struggling right now, but that kid looks good.
8: <laughs> that
3: kid, oh, that kid they got. uh the name just oh, flew Kako. Up. Yeah, that kid the Devils got. <laughs> they, I, oh, the Devils,
0: the Devils. Yeah. Oh, 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 Jack Hughes, right? Hughes. Yeah,
3: Hughes looks good. He's fast. You look at Hughes, Lafreniere, and Hell, That second line of the Islanders. I mean, I go on about the Rangers' talent, but this area is stock
7: for years.
3: Please, organizations, do not mess this up. These kids are flying. You know, just I and I, the Rangers give me agita every now and then with the, <laughs> with the scoring droughts, yeah. but oh my God, the young talent in this town. This. Just awesome! Yeah. I, I just uh, the Rangers may have won six three today, but Hughes impressed me.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: they I I want to see him versus Lafreniere and just a straight up like the skills, <laughs> skills challenge competition. from end to end <laughs> to the ice. That would be amazing, Coach. Once again, welcome back and thank you for the time.
0: Yeah, Ben, thanks. Um, Yeah, he's right. We have a lot of young talent, and it's not just in hockey. It's in basketball, too. You know, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly. I get excited watching Emmanuel Quickly. He is a twitchy player. He's fast. He's quick. Um, I I just – he's really coming into his own. And R.J. Barrett's still young, too, right? So, um, yeah, I I agree with you. It's an exciting time in New York sports. Amanda Nunes, though. Once I was in Vegas. I'm not going to give you the name of the hotel because I think they use it. I didn't know this, but I think they use this all the time. I was just there. And uh, I'm walking in the hallway. I'll tell you it's a small hotel. It's not a huge hotel. So I was walking in the hallway and there was I knew there was like UFC going on cuz there was fighters all over the place and all over. You could tell, right? So all of a sudden I'm like walking behind this fighter who's walking with a trainer. She has like a towel over her shoulder. I'm like, "Oh my god." And I'm not a huge UFC fan, but I will watch it when it's like a big fight. I'm, like, oh, I think that's Amanda Nunes. I and I was like – I quickly took like a little picture of her really quickly, snuck one. And I – because there was a tattoo on her calf. And I was like, this is, this is going to be a tell. Let me, you know, get a good look, see if I see her face. But if I don't, at least I have the tattoo to look at. And uh, it was. It was Amanda Nunez. I was walking behind her in the hotel, which is pretty cool. But anyway, let's go to West Palm Beach. Mike, you're on the fan.
11: Buongiorno, Buongiorno, Professore.
0: Buona mattina. Get, 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 get away. I don't have a dollar. Get away. Oh
11: my God. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Danielle, good to hear you back. Um, uh, when I called last week, Pat was uh, texting you. I said, G- "Give Danielle my best." Yeah, you know? he, he did. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, he told
11: me. And you got all all the um, all the accolades from, from quite a few callers. Wishing you well and this and that. Um, it's funny, uh, Danielle, longtime Jets fan and, and, you know, Mets, uh, classic games with the Mets. When you mention Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson, every time I hear his name, <laughs> yeah, you know, or gives see it, him on TV. Gives I, you I a turn twitch, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes.
11: When I was at Hopstra when that book came out, I, uh, after practice, I see Keyshawn. I say, Hey Keyshawn, why are you throwing verbal darts at Wayne Crabat, man? Mm-hmm. Why don't you ease up on, on, on your verbiage? Anyway, um, what did he say? oh, you know, uh, he just walked away. I said, Have a good day. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. come on, man. Uh, anyway, a couple of things. Uh, a shout out to Nick, another good producer. Yep. Um, I'm so glad, uh, Major League Baseball unveiled the annual day to honor Lou Gehrig. Yes, you know, June 2nd. And my mother's, uh, my, my uh, father's mother, my grandmother lived with us, rest of soul. Um, she, she passed away of, uh, uh, ALS. So that, that's just a great, um, you know, a great homage to Lou Gehrig, the first Yankee whose number was retired. Um, you know, so that that's good stuff. And that's uh, that's
0: not I'm, just Yankee Land. That's that's going to be across MLB. It's yeah. June second, everybody. June second, the MLB is raising awareness for ALS on, on Lou Gehrig Day across the league. It's pretty cool.
11: Exactly, pretty cool. Um, and a few other things. Um, yeah. What is it with Major League Baseball, like you said? You can't televise certain games with Cole and and DeGrominato. Come on. Come on, man. Uh, You sound like Joe Biden. Come on, man. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) But no, no, no. I'm not going down that road. No, no, no. Don't. (laughs) I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Um, But how about this? Um, I see on TV uh, a couple of days ago, Seshmanis wants to get back in the game. Really?
0: Oh, and the Yankees Uh, were at his showcase. Really? I almost
11: fell out of my chair when I read that. Professor, he's nothing but a spachim and a Dewey That's what he is. <laughs> um, when he left the Mets in the middle of the night the hotel, he didn't say anything. I mean, that's that's totally Bush, right? Um, and uh, a few other things. Um, I'm looking forward to scoring a ticket at uh, spring training, but it's 20% capacity, as, mm. as, as you know. Ha- have you gotten that, there yet? Uh, no, not yet. I was going to go to... Um, Beautiful stadium, uh, Jupiter. When the Mets played this past week, they were calling for rain, and I said, "You know what? Uh, there'll be other games. Yeah. I'm going to go to the West Coast, um, visit my my good sister. She's in um, she's in Venice, and I'll go to Sarasota, visit a buddy oh, of mine.
0: I have cousins in so, Sarasota. We did that. We did that last year. This uh, February of last year, we did a couple of the the, the we did the Braves, we did the uh, Rays. White
1: Sox. No, we did- Rays.
0: Yeah, the, the the Braves one, don't go there. It wasn't too good. It wasn't very well run. So we left there and we went to the Rays, and that was well, very well run, actually. Oh,
11: yeah. You know, years ago, I was in Sarasota. The only matchup that, that ever happened, uh, and I see Tom Sieber five times at Shea. Tom Sieber was with the White Sox, and he was going up against Dwight Gooden, the rookie. That that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, spring cool. trainer. Yeah. You know, I'll leave you with this, uh, Danielle. i got to give a shout-out. Uh, he's at St. John's University playing baseball. Uh, Jake Lazaro, 6'3", he was a wide receiver, played basketball. He's a power-hitting shortstop for St. John's. He started last year as a freshman, and he'll probably get drafted. But but this kid is, is about as humble uh, a young man as you, could, you can meet, and he's going places. He's lighting up the whole country with, huh? with what he's doing. Let's oh, yeah. Um, but, Danielle, um, all the best. And I'll continue to listen to your show. And I'm trying to think of a word. I got it printed on a golf ball. Let me see what it is. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, yeah. You got serious mojo <laughs> behind the microphone.
0: <laughs> oh, Mike. Thank you. I'll talk to you next week, Mike. All right, Daniel. I'll talk to you next Bye. week. Take care. Bye-bye. The only golf that ever gets talked on this show is from Mike. Always. And guess what? The only golf that I'll ever put on my timeline was the hole-in-one today. That was pretty impressive. Did you see it?
2: No, I actually didn't see it.
0: Oh, my God. I'll I'll retweet it. Hole in one. I'm like, they were on the announcers, apparently, were just talking about how difficult that hole was. Boom. Hole in one. I've never done that in my life. I think I did. Actually, I did it once in mini golf. One time only. And you guys know how that I don't really like to play mini golf. So, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm not good at it. I don't like doing things I'm not good at. And that's one of them. Bowling is the other one. You know that already. All right, so we'll take more calls after the break. 877-337-6666. I see you guys on hold. Please hang in there. We have a lot to get to tonight. We are careening towards the end. Man, this is going fast tonight, everybody. Get in there while you still can. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Drake, you guys hear he has a new album out, too? It's like three songs on it, but pretty good. It's all right. This is a Drake interlude, by the way. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan. Coming up... Uh, in a little bit, a couple minutes, we've got Miles Wood of the New Jersey Devils checking in with us here on The Fan. You know, in the open, I mentioned how the Yankees and their starting pitching is, right now, my biggest concern for them. Corey Kluber. <laughs> this is the other game that was not on TV, so I can't tell you that I watched it and pitch with my own eyes. We went over this already. Um, but he did strike out. Three batters in two perfect innings against the maybe sneaky good Blue Jays. 22 pitches in total, which is very efficient. And allegedly, reportedly, Kluber impressed some scouts. Even the next day, apparently, they were still buzzing and, and, and talking about him. So a scout said Kluber showed four plus pitches, and that's in spring training. I didn't expect that. Sinker, curveball, cutter, changeup. As I told you here, Kluber was going to be A-OK. Let's see what start number two brings. Hopefully that's going to be on TV for us to see it. But imagine what a one-two punch of Cole and a turned back the clock Kluber would look like in a short playoff seasons. A knockout. Good night. See ya. So uh, Corey Kluber, one of the big question marks entering, although not for me. If you're a fan of the show, you know that for me, I, I didn't think he was going to be a big question mark. Um, The Yankees had the inside track on him all the way, and he he wanted to be a Yankee. So Corey Kluber, some promising things coming from him. And if you're a Yankee fan, you should be, you know, okay, you know, cautious optimism. That's the word we're going to use for the Yankees starting pitching rotation right now, as of right now, 426 in the morning, March 7th, cautious optimism. Kluber looked good. All right. Back in the order that you guys called. Let's go to 877-337-6666. Don't you forget it. Let's go to Graham in Allendale. Graham, I have not been to Beachy yet. I will get there, I promise, and I will let you know when. How was business tonight?
12: Uh yeah. You know, we, we, were, we were okay doing the best with the uh, 35% capacity we're allowed, but right. we'll have our tent back up in a couple weeks. Good, we could
0: go. good, good. All right. Yeah, good talk. What man. do you got for me tonight?
12: Real, just before I make my starting pitching for the Yankees point, yeah. uh, I, I did sympathize with your, uh, your, your lamenting uh, Yankee jersey sales. Uh, like, my my all-time favorite Yankees, Whitey Ford, mm-hmm. and they don't sell the Navy T-shirt with Whitey Ford. Like, I, I have two of them I had to make them custom-made. Yeah, I was
0: so. going to say, you're going to have to custom-make them, yeah. Did you try—Mitchell and Ness usually has old stuff like that, you know, older stuff.
12: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Still, like you know, I've got my mo. Regardless, like they they don't do it anyway. Let's get to to my point.
1: Mm
12: -hmm. Um, Garrett Cole, he's our number one starter. I don't care if over the next few starts he pitches to a 30 ERA. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, we all know what he's capable of. Sure. And, and you know what? Right. If you look at Garrett Cole and if he were to pitch to like an outstanding ERA, you'd have to, you know, in your mind, I know I would be like, all right, well, he's probably actually like really in the, in the lab working on something. So I wouldn't be alarmed by it, even if it happened. I I wouldn't.
12: No, I, you're stealing my points. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. And, and agreeing with the, what you said right before I, I was uh, clicked in, yeah. I believe in Kluber. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the Cy Young pitcher that he was. Right. But if he's doing 80% of that and give us 26, 28 starts, hits to a four ERA, that should be good for 14, 16 wins, solid starter. Um,
1: Yeah. Like you were
12: just saying, you know, people can't panic in spring training. You know, spring training is to both work on things and gain confidence. Mm -hmm. And, I want to talk about Tyon, like, you know, he, he needs to work on his confidence. And those first two starts he's given us obviously bolster his confidence. Yes. If he goes out his next two outings and kind of gets hit around a little bit, because now he's worked, you know, he's proven to himself, he's still a major league pitcher mm-hmm. and he needs to work on his or work on his change or whatever the case. I don't, I don't, I don't need people to panic. That's okay. You know, that's, that's what spring training is for.
0: Right. Exactly. To, to test out a pitch, to see how it works against opposing batters, just to see, experimentation. Yeah.
12: Yes. Yeah, and to see what you know. Matt Blake is talking to him. Hey, let's work on this rotation, this right. grip. You'll know, get used to it. It's okay if guys hit it. See what works.
1: Mm-hmm. Agree. You know, totally now,
0: agreed.
12: Montgomery, you know, I, I really want Montgomery to be our four starter. You know, I thought that you know, he, he did such a step-up job when he had to come in and throw 22 starts as a rookie, right. did a great job. He doesn't have that one great A pitch. He's got four B pitches, but he can locate all of them. He can get guys out. But I also don't want to fall in love with him like I did with Greg Bird, where I'm like, man, this guy really showed me something, and then it never comes back.
0: Yeah, I you know I don't know I don't see Montgomery being the the number four. I'll be honest with you. I really loved, and I know it's one start, but I loved what I saw from Herman. I think he's your number four, potentially three.
12: Yeah, and uh, as I tweeted you, we, we, I don't want to make my point on Herman. I just I, I hope I hope that he's you know he, he can work through you know his talent and uh, have and the, the shaky support he has and could be a better man. The last thing then I'll. I'll, I'll Talking about is um Garcia and Clark Schmidt.
13: Mm-hmm.
12: Now, Clark Schmidt has been rated a higher prospect than Davy Garcia for a while now. Mm-hmm. We saw both of them at the major league level uh last year. And I trust scouts, I trust analysts, but man, what I saw from Davey compared to what I saw from Schmidt, and granted Schmidt is hurt. He's supposed to come back, I think, next week. Davy did not look phased. Davy was not afraid of the moment. David would give him a run and look like, give me the ball. I'm going to strike the next guy out. Schmidt, I just, I didn't I don't see know. That. He coughed up two home. He isn't,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to overreact, and, and, and thanks for the call there, Graham. I don't want to overreact, because we just talked about how it's spring training, but Davey Garcia, he got banged around by the Phillies. I mean, for what I hope for Davey Garcia is that he becomes more. It was a, just a wildly inconsistent performance. Two innings pitched. Nine swings and misses, which is great, but he coughed up two home runs, which is not great. You know, so, uh, you know, giving up the long ball, though, for Garcia, it's it's in a bigger sample size. Like, let's include the 2020 season. It's been a problem for him. So, uh, Davy Garcia would be the one that I would really pay real close attention to. You know what, though? He didn't get any help from the hitters. And I looked through the the box score, just to be sure about this. Through the first two innings, the starters combined for exactly zero hits. I'm talking Talkman, Arshella, Voight, Clint Frazier, and Duhar, Higashioka. And then in uh, that day, Socrates Brito was starting and Tyro Estrada. So that was 0 for 15. He had zero run support, zero hit support. So I'm sure maybe that played into the psyche a little bit. I don't know. Davey Garcia, I just wrote down again, another question mark next to his name. But as far as Tyone, great. I mean, cautious, optimistically, great. Garrett Cole said Tyone is reinvigorating coming off time and John surgery, pitching with a new team. Fastball's around like 94, which is good (laughs) at this point in the season. So on Saturday, he had four strikeouts, Right. Three of the four of them came on fastballs above the letters. That's a great sign. There was one walk, pitch low in the zone, below the zone, well below. You know, according to the little Statcast little uh, you know graphic that I had to look at to get to this information. Um, two hard hit singles. Exit velocities were over 105. So 39 pitches, which is not ideal. I don't know. If you're looking at it right now, I'd say the pitching rotation would be Cole, Kluber, Tyone, Herman, Montgomery. I'd be curious to see Michael King, too, and Clark Schmidt. I just wrote those names down. So, you know, cautious optimism for the Yankees and their rotation. Let's go to West Babylon. Dave, you're on a fan. How you doing, Coach?
14: What's up, Dave? So, a couple things. Uh, It was about this time last year when I made my first call to the fan, and you were my first call. So. I would tell anybody uh that's looking to get through a year of a pandemic if there's any fan host that can get you through it it'll be it'll be uh coached so oh, the second the second thing is i gotta say again, I don't think people say it enough uh teachers go through enough it's tough enough without having to go through something like this. Yep. So shout out to all the teachers and all the first responders and all the uh, fellow uh, letter carriers and, and pulse workers and cops and you know uh, emergency workers and all that. Yeah. Uh, you guys have done a fantastic job. All I say is listen to your doctor when you can get the shot, get the shot, you know, when you can get it. I don't think we'll be able to get it until like May or June, but you get it when you get it, mm-hmm. you know, and then and you just get through. So, um, you know, again, Thanks, thanks for uh, getting me through probably one of the worst years that uh, we've been through in a long time. Um, Dave, that's what uh, I'm here I, for,
0: man. Let's do it. Happy yeah. one-year anniversary, Dave. Sweet.
14: There. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say, um, so I have a little off-the-beaten-path uh, question. Okay. And this is more, uh, well, it's it's a way-too-early uh, kind of a draft draft. Type question.
1: Okay.
14: Uh, I know we've uh, the Giants went through uh, drafting someone from a small school. You know, Duke. Duke is a basketball town. It's yes. not a. You know, it's not really a college town. Mm-hmm. So they're they're a small school, and nobody saw it coming. Nobody. I'm from uh, I'm from Virginia, and I am a an alum of Virginia Tech. And for the first time in a very long time, we have two first projected first rounders. My question, my my concern is that Virginia Tech is no longer no longer really has a tough schedule anymore. Their their toughest mm-hmm. game is probably the Hurricanes every year. Mm-hmm. They play like Boston College, they play Pitt, they can play Kemp Clemson, Wake Forest, that kind of thing. Um so we have two, two guys, Christian Derisaw, who is an a left tackle guy. Um and he's coming off a growing injury, and then we have caleb Farley who do, they keep on um comparing him to patrick Surtain. honestly i don't see it mm-hmm. but he he's more of a project so when you when you look just at um at a smaller school, do you put take um the fact that they have a soft schedule in into account, or is it more you're just looking at the at the at the players?
0: Yeah, Dave, that's a that's a really good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up on you so you, so you can listen to the yep, answer. Yep, no Thanks. problem. Um let me start by saying I, I think I do a pretty good job at evaluating players, you know. Um so I think that you know, the bread I love doing my bread and butter is I love doing the draft research, which I haven't started yet, but when I look at, you know, potential players, um I trust what the scouts say. Pull up some YouTube clips, you know, game clips, not highlights. Everybody looks good on highlights. Everybody looks good when there's no defenders, you know, playing against them, obviously, right? That's the coach in me, right? Um, but I think for me anyway, it's a combination of of watching some game film, seeing what the scouts are saying, and taking into consideration who they're going against. You know, it's, it's a blend for me. And I know that's like a crappy answer, but it's a blend for me. Um, I look at the player, the coach in me looks at the player and the technique and the speed at which he or she, um, operates. Um, I look at their smarts. You know, I try to ask a lot of questions. What if this, what happens when this, what would you do in this situation? I I like that. I like the cerebral player. Um, the prototypical player for me would be a cerebral player who maybe not has, you know, the best skill set. You know, I'm talking like a high school level. Doesn't have the best skill set, but has the 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 will to to get better. Practice is hard. You know, minute to you know, bell to bell is what we say in education from start to finish. They they put their all out there, and they're a smart player. I would take that kid over a kid who's like you know very talented and lazy. So, um, you know, small school kids aren't automatically cast off, in my opinion. For me, um, but that raises the question of Zach Wilson. Uh, I don't like Zach Wilson. I hope the Jets stay away from Zach Wilson. Um, there's just some things about him that raise a lot of questions for me. Was he a captain? Was he part of the leadership council? There's a difference between the two, you know. So, you know, a lot of question marks with Zach Wilson for me. I, I I hope the Jets stay away from him. Honestly, maybe that stems from the fact that I th- do think that um, that Sam Darnold should be the quarterback moving forward. But that's just me. Give the guy a tight end. Give the guy Allen Robinson, who has, like, zero drops. Give him a running back. And then see what's up. I don't know. But that's just me. That's a long-winded answer. But I, I, that's just me. All right. Let's go to Tony in Providence. You're on the fan. Yeah. What's up, Tony?
15: You're doing an outstanding job, as always. Oh, thank you. i um, outstanding. So I guess we'll have to go bowling, and uh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I do no. bowl once in a while. <laughs> bowling is fun once in a while. It's fun, and... uh and go. But um, good points. You know about the baseball, the Yankees. That's too bad. That it's hard to find a match in the matching Yankees games. I mean, that's awful. And um, you know, I don't know if you mentioned this, but the big thing I'm worried about as a football fan, they want to put Amazon. Which I mean, you might be a member, but I think it's a bad move to have Sony uh, Thursday night games on that. I mean, you, you're going to have it on a regular channel too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know, and it's and, and it would. You're talking about streaming, like exclusively right. streaming games on different apps. I think we're in, like, the, the wild, wild west of trying to figure out, like, what's going to work and what's not going to work, you know? Uh, I agree with you that you really shouldn't have to pay. You know, because think about it. If you have basic cable, you've got, you know, CBS, you've got Fox, you've got football games. It, I, I, like, even if games are streamed on YouTube, it's still free. So you know, I'm kind of with you on that. You shouldn't have to pay to, to access a a game of, a you know, a team that you like, especially if you're in the home market of it.
15: Right. And that's why usually, like, when the game's on ESPN, ABC will have it anyways. Right. They always put it on a boat or NFL Network
0: right. or
15: Fox. I noticed that. But to me, just to go solely would be very dangerous. I mean, the NFL, you have a great product. Don't try to tamper with it. Yeah. You have it there as a benefit, but still have it. On the regular channel, that's what I'm saying. I would like and, to see like
0: a like an alternate feed, like a, a stats-heavy feed of the game on on uh, on you know like a paid service. Like get pro, pro football focus, get some hosts up there and and do it that way. That's what I would like to see if I were paying well, but, for it separately.
15: And plus, you know, it's a long game, and you want watch watching at home or a sports bar or something. I mean. I mean, it's football, the long game usually. Yeah. I mean, and um, I know the guys are talking about overtime changes. Uh, rules, keep an eye on the yes, rules. Yes, I saw Everybody that too. The rules uh, that could be interesting. I don't know if that's good or bad, but they might tweak the overtime rule. I mean, uh,
0: well, th- as you Tony, know. the way the overtime rule is right now, it sucks. It's terrible. I hate it. It's like if you win the coin toss, you win the game. I hate it. Um, but right. the way that they're going, it seems like like arena league football league. It's like determine one of the proposals that the Ravens put forth was like, okay, Tony, my team versus your team. I'm going to, if I win the toss, I'm going to say, Tony, we're going to start on the 10-yard line. And then you mm. get to pick whether you, what you start on the 10 or I start on the 10. That's ridiculous.
15: That is, that is. awful idea. I heard that and I'm happy that Ben took a pick and he's back with the Steelers. Yeah. And a lot of Steelers fans want to get rid of Ben. He's a Hall of Famer. He's not going to find another quarterback for a long time like him. Um, so I think that's a good move. I mean, Ben's stats were up last year. Yes, there were picks at the end. But again, um he's coming off that one year he missed. But again, look at the stats, Daniel. He always is con- he's consistent and he won two Super Bowls. You can't knock him totally. So I was yeah. happy to see that he's back. And uh it's gonna be interesting. Uh um with Jimmy G to see what happens with him. Does he go back to the win one? That'll be a great game, Jimmy G against Tom Grady, because Grady is coming to Foxborough. As you know, he's under schedule. Tampa Bay will be up in New one So um, that's going to be a while. We'll see. He goes there. So keep mailing on that one.
0: All right, Tony. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, and as far as Ben Roethlisberger, there's a quote as, as he was talking, as Tony was just talking. You either It's from Batman, one of my favorite movies, Batman, um, The Dark Knight. Harvey Dent says it. He says, You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I think signing another year deal with the Steelers, I think um, Ben Roethlisberger might see himself becoming the villain. He did not look good versus the Browns in that game, the playoff game, I'm saying. So that will be something to watch, of course, um, if you're a Steelers fan and uh, if you're an NFL fan, for sure. Guess who we have coming up? Miles Wood is coming up next. You guys on hold? Um, Nick Nick will ask you if you want to stay on hold or or crawl back, um, and I'm sure maybe he already has, so that's cool. Miles Wood from the New Jersey Devils coming up next here on McCarten After Midnight on the Fan. We are joined by Miles Wood, New Jersey Devils forward on McCartan After Midnight here on the Fan. Miles, thanks for joining us after uh, a tough loss and a, and a tough stretch.
16: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Certainly has been a tough stretch for the team, but we have a game tomorrow to look forward to. Hopefully we can uh, stop the bleeding here.
0: You know, for the viewer, at least, it was an exciting first period. I mean, five goals scored between the two teams. Um, Entering play, Chris Kreider, ton of momentum, fifth in the league in goals scored. What was the game plan to try and minimize his impact on the game today?
16: I can't say we had a specific game plan for Chris Kreider. Um, We just talked about um, more of him on the power play. Um, he picks up a lot of speed and they like that backdoor play. Five on four, we were more focused on Kreider, but five on five, we didn't really focus on him that much.
0: So when Subban fired that one in after you guys uh, won the battle of the boards, 17 seconds later, there was another one from Maltev. Suddenly mm-hmm. it's, it's no longer 2 nothing. it's 2-2 now. What was your vantage point on both of those goals?
16: Yeah, it uh, certainly was great for us. You know, being down 2-0 um, super early in the game, it it certainly, you know, can put a damper on things. But, you know, Subi and Maltz had both had great goals, huge, huge goals for us um, to get it back to 2-2. But, um, you know, just couldn't hold it.
0: In terms of game momentum, though, it's 2-2. Like you said, you were down early. Now it's 2-2. What were you thinking at this point? Like, could this really swing our way? And How can we m- maintain this momentum?
16: Yeah, for sure we had it um, at that point. But I think the big thing for us in our downfall tonight was we were just cheating for pucks. Um, whether that was on the offensive side or the defensive side, I felt like we were on the wrong side at most points, and we we gave up a lot of two on ones, and you know that was uh, that killed us.
0: PK Subban said during the first intermission. That's who the MSG had. He said, "Yeah, you're gonna, we're going to get better in this game. It starts with the details." Why couldn't you get anything going offensively?
16: I feel like we've been in a lull here for, for a while just, you know, in terms of scoring um, we haven't scored a lot in the last five or six games here. You know, it's just a little puck luck at times. Two games ago we had 40 shots and we only scored one goal. I mean, but just as long as we're still creating those chances, that's, that's all you can ask for. And, you know, soon that they'll start to go in and you know, we're just uh, not hoping for it, but, we just have to stick with the process.
0: It almost sounds like, you know, in basketball, the shots are eventually going to fall. In hockey, the shots exactly. are eventually going to fall. But it's almost is there a level of frustration starting to build? And how are you guys trying to negate it?
16: Uh, I'd, I'd be lying if I told you that there was zero frustration. You know, we're all super competitive people. That's That's part of the reason why we play the game. We want to win. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the exact stat is, but I think we're one in – seven in the last eight one in six in the last seven i don't know what it is but uh it's not good and um i i have to you know play a stronger game and that's uh man to man on, on the team the only people that are gonna bail us out of the situation is the guys in the room and that's the only thing that we can focus on
0: yeah pk also alluded to the the leadership group on the team what was, what was the message of that leadership group or from the coaching staff or, or among the players?
16: Um, didn't say much after the game. Um, during the game, just stick to the process, stick to the system. You know, don't, don't try to cheat for stuff. Um, play the game the right way.
0: Seven losses in a row at the Prudential Center is what it is. How can you, Miles Wood, work to change the team's mentality surrounding that?
16: Just play more of a hard-nosed game, get my hit count up, um, get to the front of the net, play my game. You know, it's, it's such a cliche, but at the end of the day, I'm a North South player. And, uh, when I start to get, you know, slide from that, um, you know, that doesn't help the team, but, you know, just get back to playing the way that I can just get to the net front. I feel like I've been trying to do that more and more because that's where the goals are. You know, the puck has to go there at some point in the ship. So, but, you know, I think, uh, I think just getting back to my game and, That's man to man in the team.
0: Devils. I I just had checked uh, before you jumped on. The Devils are bottom five in the NHL in power play points percentage. What has to be done to improve that aspect? That's such a huge part of the game.
16: Get more shots to the net. It's as simple as that. You know, we're trying to look for cross seams that aren't there. The D has a lane. um, He tries to get it to the flank when we should just start getting pucks to the net, shooting more, get the PK tired, and then that's when we can make the cross-scene play. But I think right now, I think we're just trying to overcomplicate the game. Hockey's a very simple game, and when you try to think too much out there, that's when it gets super tough. And um, I think that's what we're doing on the power play.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's any sport, though. I mean, you think of like a a struggling or slumping batter in the batter's box, same thing.
16: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: You guys are listening to New Jersey's Devils forward, Miles Wood on McCartan after midnight on the fan. You know, we're still living in a COVID world. Um, You guys know it better than anybody, but you guys are playing teams over and over. What is like a regular season advantage to playing the way that this schedule is set up?
16: The games count more. If you look at the Rangers and us, I think they were three points ahead of us and now they're seven. It's just, You know, each game counts that much more. We've been on a slide here. We were in a playoff spot, and then you lose X amount of games that we have in the last eight games, and now we're pretty far out. Um, But, you know, we have to claw back here. Um, And the only answer is the guys in the room. It's not going to come from the outside world, but we're certainly trying to search for it to get this back on track because it's a slippery slope we're on.
0: Yeah, slippery slope, and and I guess the disadvantage to the schedule being the way it is is that you guys are in a very tough division. Um, Is that the number one disadvantage for the way the schedule is set up?
16: To be real, I mean, all, all the teams in the league are extremely good, and you can win or lose at any point in the season. You know, six of the eight teams were playoff teams last year, but it's a brand new season, and we don't care. All we're trying to do is just trying to win a game. It doesn't matter who we're playing against because teams are so good. Um, this is the best league in the world, and you could lose or win at, uh against whoever. Um, it's not just our uh, division.
0: We're talking about Miles Wood here on the fan. Um, I was just thinking as I was watching the game today. This divisional alignment, right mm. on the ice, at so the players' perspective, at least. What is your players' perspective um, once the teams start play- when the playoffs? When once the teams start playing outside the division? What does that look like on the ice? There's no familiarity. You're watching tape. I mean, what does that look like on the ice?
16: Like for us, I mean, we we play each team eight times. It's not like they're going to bring something new each game. I mean, each each team has a certain style that they play in. If you look at the Islanders, they're much more of a stay-at-home, low-scoring, stingy game. And against the Rangers, there's a little more ice out there to make plays. But, you know, we we play these guys eight times. Um, there's not much film that you can do. Um, there's only so much that you can say. But, you know, it's up to us to come prepare each game and try to win a hockey game.
0: And once you get outside the divisional play, though, is there a level of curiosity, a letter, letter level of randomness even, like, to those teams?
16: Uh, well, right now we're, we're only playing eight teams. So it's not like, you know, we're playing, you know, the Kings or the Stars or something like that right now. That's more like the playoffs and stuff. But right now we're only focused on the eight teams that we're playing.
0: Does minimal practice time because of COVID um, Mm -hmm. have an effect on what you guys are trying to do, especially with a young team?
16: It's a lot of games in a short amount of time. If you look at March, we play every single Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, four games a week. And it's all about rest. You know, we have practices here and there. Um, They're kind of sporadic, but, you know, that's just the way that this season is. There's absolutely zero excuses because each team is doing the same exact thing.
0: Nico Hiescher, week to week, without him, the youngest captain in the entire league. What is this team, this Devils team missing without him?
16: It's a huge loss. He's our captain, leader, for sure our best player. You know, when you don't have that guy on the ice consistently day in and day out, it certainly hurts the team, but he sure is doing um, extremely well. You know, at first looked way worse than what it was, but I'm just happy he's around the guys and smiling because health and safety is first and foremost. Hopefully we can get him back very soon.
0: You know, Miles, I wanted to get your opinion. Something that's really, um, really being spoken about among the NHL community, especially online is... Tom Wilson, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, the guy resides in your division with the Washington Capitals. You know, what are your thoughts on on repeat offenders like him and playing the game dirty?
16: To be honest, I did not see the hit. Wilson, um, he's a player that I respect in a certain way. He's a hard-nosed kid. He plays that game that way. But I did not see the hit, so I can't comment. Uh, I think that would be unfair for me and him to comment on that.
0: All right, so the future of the Devils. I, I got to be honest, and let me let me lighten this up a little bit. I got to be honest. I'm sure I'm going to get killed for this, but yeah. I'm not a fan of the green on the uniforms. What is your take on the reverse retro uniforms?
16: I love it. <laughs> I actually love that old style. I, I love the fact that teams are starting to go back to the olden days. I don't know if we're going to stick with it, but I, uh, I certainly do like the look.
0: Uh, I disagree <laughs> with you.
16: <laughs> That's okay. That's oh, what makes the world go around. <laughs>
0: Alexi Lafarnier said of your team, they're a fast team, they're a good team. What will it take for the Devils to become a great team?
16: Being more consistent. I feel like if you look in our first 10 games, we were a very uh, stingy, consistent team. Um, Ruff knew exactly what he was going to get from each player day in and day out. Right now, I feel like you know some people show up, some people don't. And at the end of the day, that's that's not the best way to win. And um, it's certainly showing like we talked about comes from each man in that room. The only way that we're going to get out of this is, you know, we have to be more consistent as a team.
0: If you do that in that tough division we talked about, do you think the Hmm. Devils have a chance on making the playoffs this year?
16: We always have a chance. I mean, that would be absolutely insane for me to say that we don't. We're all super competitive people. We've only played 20 games and we still have. 36 left. I don't care how many games we've lost. It's uh, you know, we certainly have a chance and uh, I'm just hoping that we can get back on track here.
0: Miles Wood, Thanks so much for joining me tonight and, and good luck to you and the rest of the way.
16: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: And there's been an update. Um, well, not breaking news or anything, but you know, we talked about Tom Wilson, the, the appeal, everything, everything went through. It's finalized. He will be suspended seven games for that hit on uh, Brandon Carlo of the Boston Bruins. So under the terms of the collecting bargaining agreement as well, and based on his annual average salary, he's also going to lose about, let me round this off, $312,000 for it. Um, they said, you know, the, the Capitals tried to make an argument that players can deliver legal hits on vulnerable opponents, which is true. However, the, they eventually ruled that the fact that it was, it was to his head. I mean, his head, he wasn't wa- watching. If you saw the play, uh, he had his head down. Carlo had his head down, wasn't watching the play. And the fact that it was direct contact to his head, that's what led to the suspension, not that he was in a prone position or anything like that. So, um, yeah, Miles would, he, he answered the best he could. You know, he said he really, I believe him, said he hadn't seen it. And so there it is. So it's a seven-game suspension um, for a guy that is a repeat offender. I think the NHL needs to take a, a stronger stance Against that because it's it's just ridiculous. I wouldn't want to play against him, however many times that they're playing against each other. You know, whatever it is, eight. I wouldn't want to do that, knowing that this this guy is a headhunter in my division, looking to hurt people. I wouldn't do it. Well, we've had uh, the most hockey ever on the program tonight, which which I like it. I, I like the little the smorgasbord of different things. So. We will reset in a few few seconds here. Um, we can talk about the Yankees starting pitching rotation. That's what I'm looking for in spring training. We can talk about, about how maybe the Mets outfield is going to look moving forward. And, of course, it's it's uh, All-Star Sunday in the NBA, and, and some Nets and some Knicks will be making an appearance. How cool is that? Basketball is back here in New York City. And I'll be back right on the other side of this update of Kevin Dexter. back to the final hour of McCartan After Midnight here on this early Sunday morning. Good morning if you're just waking up. I'm, I'm curious if you're in your car, where are you going? I'm always curious to know that. If you're working, where are you working? I'm always curious to hear that as well. Um, we've had a, a smorgasbord of different things that we've talked about tonight. Um, woven throughout all the topics has has been um, the fact that it's been tough to see some some baseball games on TV here in in, in our area, especially. Um, but I'm glad you guys can join me. I'm glad you guys are tuned in. If you want to get aboard, it's 877-337-6666. We've got, we've talked about Matt Barzell. I got the TV on in the studio here. Matt Barzell's goal, they were just showing it uh, during the, the update here. It is the number one play on Sports Center, And I, I mean, it's a, if you haven't seen it, I tweeted it at Coach MCCARTAN. I put it there so you can see it. I mean, the goalie, it was just helpless. I mean, it was just – it was that nasty. It was that sick. So, um, yeah, so woven throughout tonight's dialogue between you and I has been the fact that it's been really difficult to watch the Yankees and the Mets on TV throughout the spring training so far. It's been a difficult time. So, for example, today, the Yankees were rain-delayed by about an hour and 15 minutes or so, but even still, Garrett Cole was pitching – and the Yes Network had on Pittsburgh at Clemson NCAA basketball. Okay. Um, then for the Mets, Jacob deGrom was making his first start of the season. SNY had on Sacred Heart at Bryant NCAA basketball. I mean, if you just if you take the feelings out of it, it's just facts. People want to see. Garrett Cole and Jacob deGrom. Let me make sure I get this straight. A video feed of the two best, or among the two best pitchers in the league who just happened to play in our major New York market were not accessible today. You could not watch Garrett Cole. You could not watch Jacob deGrom. So my solution is this. The last I checked, we are in the year 2021 where... Everybody's watching TV with a second screen anyway. So, why not put one of those programs on the app? I know the Yes Network uses it, what is it called? The Fox Sports Go app. That's fine, whatever. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is this there should be really no excuse um, nowadays why you can't consume the sports content that you want to consume. Why is it so difficult for me, for anybody? to tune in to watch Garrett Cole or Jacob deGrom today and come up empty. Why do I have to, I had an app, right? I have to consistently today what I was doing to give you guys the best show possible because, you know, I like to see things with my own eyes. I, I don't like to just regurgitate what everybody else says. I like to see it, evaluate it myself. And I couldn't see Garrett, uh, well, Garrett Cole did the uh, the bullpen session today, but even more so, Jamison Tyone pitched today. I would have loved to seen that. Uh, Garrett Cole, it was not a bullpen. It was um, a simulated game. Couldn't think of the word. Sorry. Garrett Cole's pitching a simulated game at Saturday morning. Obviously not televised. Then you got Tyone slotted in there. I would have loved to have seen that. And I would have loved to have seen Jacob deGrom as well. So what I was doing was I was watching it, uh, the MET game actually, on a brutally delayed app, Gamecast, right? Gamecast. It had dots for base runners. It had a cartoon for a batter. And it had a sh- hit zone, strike zone that said it was temporarily unavailable. You couldn't even see where the pitches were going. Never mind what they were, how fast they were going. To be honest, I gave up. There was one batter. It was Pete Alonzo was at bat. I was like, I can't. I can't. And you know why I'm particularly annoyed? I felt that it it hampered my ability to See and hear and with my own eyes and deliver you the best content that I know how to, that I know how to. So I was, what I did today was I was refreshing Twitter like a fiend. Um, I read a bunch of stuff from, from both teams and I had to try to connect the dots because again, there was nowhere to watch the games. And that's, you know, I'm not blaming, let's just be, I'm not blaming any individual network. Okay. I'm not being critical of any individual network. I'm being critical of Rob Manfred and the league itself because it's an awful look for a sport that at the youth level, I see this with my own eyes, at the youth level, baseball is being consistently and increasingly beat out by kids opting for lacrosse over baseball. There's more action, less boring, it's more intense, more scholarships possibly even, This is an awful look for a sport that many fans, and I'm talking real fans, would not be able to pick out Mike Trout if he were to walk right down the street here in lower Manhattan in plain clothes. Most people probably couldn't pick him out. It's brutal. It's so brutal. And you know I'm a huge baseball fan. I will literally watch any team that happens to be on TV. Man, I mean, I've seen most of the teams play in their home stadiums. I've got 11 left in my grand toward the USA, but what I'm saying is the league has to do better to put their product out there for all fans, the diehard fans, the casual fans, and even the potential new fans. Because in a year where the CBA is up, they can use all the publicity that they can get. And, of course, um, Aaron Boone returned to the dugout. I think this is not along team lines or anything, but I think everybody could be happy that Aaron Boone returned to the dugout to manage after his – he said his heart rate dropped into the 30s. That's that's serious. You can really – it can really affect your brain's ability to, to take in oxygen at that point. So um, he had a pacemaker put in. He's back. He watched the sim game that uh, Garrett Cole pitched. By the way, you know who caught him? Robinson Chirinos. Something to watch there, Yankee fans. You know, the Garrett Cole effect with this Robinson Chirinos thing. It was uh, it's real, and I think that that's part of the reason that Gary Sanchez has come off to such a hot start. He knows there's some internal competition. He knows that Garrett Cole has a lot of pull. I think in the decisions that may be are being made on that team. Think about it, Tyone, he wanted him. He was his former teammate. He wanted him. All of a sudden, Chirinos comes in. 2019, Chirinos and Garrett Cole worked together for a total of 68 and two-thirds innings. In that time, Garrett Cole, guess what his ERA was? 1.57. 114 strikeouts and only 11 walks. If you think Gary Sanchez is going to be Garrett Cole's catcher, I don't care what kind of – what's that expression? You can't put lipstick on a pig? That's what they're doing there. They're putting lipstick on a pig saying like, okay, yeah, Gary Sanchez, he'll catch him. He's not going to be catching him. I'm telling you that right now. It's either going to be Higashioka or somehow they're going to have to work Torino's into that equation. They're going to have to get creative in order to do that. But I digress. In other words, all I want you to know is that Garrett Cole was caught by Torino's today, right? So, you know, the big question mark for me and for many, uh, most people, is the Yankees starting pitching rotation. What's it going to look like? How are they going to come back from injury? I'm talking Tyone and uh, and Kluber. Let's start with you. I, I, see, here's my early prediction for the Yankees starting rotation: Cole, obviously, Kluber, Tyone, Herman, and then I'd like to see the fifth between. I'd have to take another look. I mean, we're one week in, but I'd like to look at myself, Montgomery, King, Schmidt. I think Davey Garcia kind of pitched himself out of it this week. Again, week one, this is not like hot take central here, everybody. But week one, Davey Garcia didn't look good to me. Didn't look good. Giving up home runs has always been something that has uh, hindered him. And he gave up too. Coughed up to them, And they weren't like, you know, squeakers, shall we say. They weren't squeakers. They were hit over 100 miles an hour. The two, two of the home runs, both of the home runs, I should say. So, uh, it was just too wildly inconsistent for me. I, okay. Uh, you guys are going to call me up and say, Oh, that's, that's the, the, you're crazy. One start. Yeah, it was one start, but one start matters in a rotation where you're fighting with, what is it? Four other guys for the fifth spot or the, even the fourth spot. Some people might say, yeah, but i tell you who looked really good. And, you know, I, I preface this already. For all intents and purposes, on this show, Domingo Herman, the player, is only what we're going to discuss. We are not discussing Domingo Herman, the person. This is like a tough spot, right? Obviously, given the suspension, I still don't know exactly what happened, what transpired that led to the suspension. So from here on out, he is Herman the pitcher, not Herman the human being. Because y- there is no ignoring him. He will be part of the Yankees moving forward. So if the Yankees feel, and Hal Steinbrenner, who I assume knows everything, feels that he deserves another shot, then I guess fine, right? But let me say this again. On this program, we will only be discussing him when necessary and as he performs on the field. And with that said, I have one word for Domingo Herman's performance. Impressive. My adjective to describe his performance was impressive for a guy that has not pitched in 534 calendar days. And again, I know it was one outing, but that could have crashed and burned, and it didn't. It was pretty much everything that the Yankees could have hoped for in that outing. He, had a, he opened the game with a three-pitch swinging strikeout of, uh, it was the Tigers, it was Robbie Grossman. And that was a game that I was able to watch. I saw it with my own eyes. It was a nasty off-speed pitch down and way out of the zone. Grossman chased it like two feet. The changeup was working for Herman. His fastball touched 94 miles an hour. 31 pitches was a little much. Um, but again, four strikeouts. That's probably why that correlated with that. So, a um, lot to like from Domingo Herman. I got to tell you, and if you're a Met fan, I know we all weren't able to watch it. No baseball fan was able to watch it today, but Jacob DeGrom made his first start. And uh, I played. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. He was throwing 100 miles an hour. I mean, he's in mid-season form, Jacob DeGrom. Mid-season form. High heat, touching 100 on the gun. It's almost like, okay, we know you could do it. Let's, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on it. Don't hurt yourself, right? But his final stat line from, from Saturday's game was 29 pitches, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts, and, of course, zero runs scored. I just hope Mets fans don't take Jacob DeGrom for, for, for granted, just like Yankees fans and Garrett Cole. I mean, knock on wood, these are two very consistently reliable guys. And DeGrom, the one hit he gave up uh, on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, was a double. And he explained, DeGrom explained in his post-game Zoom, he said that after that double, McCann told me, nobody is on time with the fastball. So he stuck with that and really worked on locating it. Okay, that's fine. Next I'd like to see him work in off-speed stuff, maybe a fastball here or there, but again, as uh, I think it was Eric and Ron Konkama I think was saying, you know, this is this is a time to work on things. This is not a time to to dominate, right? If you if you're a pitcher you want to test out a new pitch in game situations, this is the time to do it. Which is why I'm not panicking so much on Davey Garcia yet. But you know, it just didn't look good. And and again, it's, it's the pressure of a guy that needs to perform well. See, Davey Garcia and a Jacob deGrom or a Garrett Cole, they're in two different positions. Spring training means different things to different players, right? So Garrett Cole, uh, Jacob deGrom, they're just fine-tuning. They're experimenting. They're fine-tuning. You know, a guy like Davey Garcia is fighting for a, ro- a rotation spot. You've got uh, uh, Derek Dietrich he might be making the opening day roster on the New York Yankees. And I know we haven't mentioned him much tonight, but we could. And I think just overall, I think just the Mets have just less question marks than the Yankees do. I mean, they're going to have one of the best starting rotations in all of baseball, especially when Noah Syndergaard comes back. I think the Dodgers, I think we can all pretty much agree that the Dodgers have the best. I think the Mets have a, New young superstar in the most important infield position that there is, shortstop Francisco Lindor. And I'm not just saying that because I play shortstop, but it is important. And they have the best catcher behind the plate that they've had in years in James McCann. And I'm watching this Mets offense, which is, you know, when you watch the Knicks versus the Nets, it's like the same sport, but two very different styles of playing it. That's where we're going to get this season with the Yankees and the Mets offensively. They are two very different styles of offense. All you have to do for the Mets anyway is look at the box score from Saturday's game. They're they're balanced. They, you know, hit for average. They mix in some power and they get on base, right? And it's evident. Look at today's box score, right? Alonzo, run scoring double. Almora, run scoring single. Dom Smith hit a home run. Followed up by a Kevin Pilar run scoring single. a Fielder's choice, which led to an error. And a Mauricio, run scoring single. And all of a sudden, it's 6-1 Mets. Mets win over the Astros. So, I got to tell you, I like the way the Knicks play basketball better than the way the Nets play basketball. I like the way the Mets offense is constructed better than the way that the Yankees offense is constructed. Which is why D.J. LeMahieu was so important for those Yankees um, coming into the season. And I mean, maybe the, the the biggest question surrounding the Mets this year is what's their outfield going to look like defensively? I mean, it's pretty much set, but how do Kevin Pillar and Albert Almora Jr. fit into the equation? We can take a look at that too uh, coming up. So if you guys want to get aboard, it's 877-337-6666. There's one line open. It has your name all over it. We'll get to the calls right on the other side of this quick break. Yeah. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight, everybody. It is 5.23 in the morning. This is probably the anthem of, the, for me anyway, the 2009 Yankees World Series win, right? This is the Jay-Z, Alicia Keys, New York, New York. But another good line in this song is, sit in court side, Knicks and Nets give me high fives, right? I could trip a referee, okay? That, if you're a Knicks fan, and that's, that's how I'm going to interlude this. If you're a Knicks fan, I mean, I played before, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, right? The Knicks are entering the All-Star break, having won seven of their last eight at the Garden. They're sitting at 19 and 18 at the All-Star break, and it's their best record in, at the break in eight years. Eight years. So prior to the season starting, Vegas had them pegged for at the over-under of 21 and a half games total. They're already at 19. So if you had the over on that, good for you. If the season ended today, let's just put this hypothetical out there, the Knicks would be the five seed in the NBA playoffs. Eastern Conference, I should say. If the five seed, pretty much, five seed always takes on the four. So if the season ended today, their opponent would be the Boston Celtics. They beat them once. They've got two more games again against them this spring. So if you're a Knicks fan, you know, good for you. You're going to watch... Julius Randle in the All-Star game, first-time All-Star, Tom Thibodeau has absolutely unlocked his potential. And that is my view on how the Jets should be handling Sam Darnold. Robert Sala, maybe he he works with Sam Darnold, unlocks his potential like Thibodeau did with uh, Julius Randle, maybe potentially, right? And if he does, great. And if he doesn't, guess what? Then you you got the Kansas City Chiefs model where you have all the pieces around the quarterback and all you have to do is go out and, like Mahomes, place the quarterback into the equation. I think it's a win-win for the Jets if they keep Sam Darn. you got to think about it, again, outside the box. Don't just regurgitate what everyone's saying. And also, too, if you're going to trade for a quarterback, you best not be giving up four or three out of four of your first-round draft picks over the next two years. That would be asinine. You saw Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He couldn't even do anything with a, 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 a rickshaw. <laughs> My dad says that word. I don't know exactly what it means, but a, a Swiss cheese offensive line. He couldn't do it. So any quarterback that comes into the New York Jets situation is not going to be able to get it done. So dr- I'm drawing a parallel between Thibodeau and uh, Randall, and hopefully Sala and Darnold. Okay, we will go back to the calls. 877-337-6666. We got about... 35 minutes, 30 minutes remaining in the program tonight. So if you're thinking about it, you're like, should I? Yes, give me a call. If not, you could tweet me at Coach MCCARTAN. Okay, let's go to Terry. Terry, I have a question for you before you start. How do you pronounce where you're from? Is it Amenia or Amenia? Amenia. There's no R in it. Yeah, I know there's no R. A- 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 one more time. Armenia. Amenia. Okay, got it. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, not Armenia. You're not calling from across the globe, are you?
17: No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm calling from Dutchess County.
0: Okay. All right, Terry, what's up?
17: First of all, I'm so glad that the Imperatrice is back. I am back. The Empress is 100%. I'm
0: 100%.
17: The, the reason I wanted to speak to you yes. on this particular Sunday is there's so much negativity these days. Not one here, of the Terry, things on, that here. absolutely floored me was the gift that Donovan Mitchell made to his elementary school.
0: You're talking about the I one I have not from December.
17: I yeah, I've not seen it reported.
0: NBA.com, CBS Maybe not talked about, but it's definitely been reported. Yeah, yeah.
17: As I said, I didn't see it in the New York Times. Yeah, I mean, I. Didn't see. I didn't hear anybody talking about it on WFAM.
0: Let's do it. The reason Tell me. I Tell me, what the, did he do?
17: The, the reason I know about it is he and I both went to the same private elementary school. Oh, that's cool. He got to go there because his mother was teaching second grade, mm-hmm. and the school has always given free tuition to the children of its teachers.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of schools are like that.
17: He gave Greenwich Country Day School $12 million. Mm -hmm. $4 million for a new gym for the new high school, $4 million for scholarships, and $4 million for awards to teachers.
0: Yeah, I see that, financial aid for teachers. That's awesome.
17: I just think it's marvelous. And as a teacher, I'm sure you appreciate this. Of course. He knew that he'd lucked out. He got an education that nowadays would have cost my parents about $40,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And he got it for nothing. Yeah. And it got him pushed down the road the right way. And he's one of those people who remembers and is paying back and I think that's marvelous. One last thought. Mm-hmm. I call him Commissioner Manfraud.
0: Yeah. hate that right. Because
17: that's what he is. He does not represent baseball. He represents the owners. Mm-hmm. And when the obituary Major League Baseball is written. He will be one of the accessories to its murder.
0: Wow, that's a that's a very vivid way of putting it. Well, first, I don't know if baseball is ever going to actually, you know, in, to use your analogy, die. But um, it's a
17: lot different from the way it was when I used to sit and watch it with my dad. Oh,
0: well, of course, on black
17: and white television. Of course, and people talk about the speed of the games. It's the damned advertisements.
0: Yes, it's too many commercials. I'm with you on that. Take the picture out, when I, 10 commercials. Put the, change the picture, not? 10 more commercials.
17: Uh, the catcher passes wind commercials. Every excuse they can find. By the way, that's one of the reasons why soccer, professional soccer, will never be truly popular in the United States. Yeah. The, the networks haven't figured out how to make money. <laughs> Yeah. to put it quite bluntly. But to come back briefly to Major League Baseball, when I was a kid, one team was going on the field when the other was coming off. It was relentless. Yeah, That was the reason why it was such a joy. And now you sit and twiddle your thumbs for three or four minutes between half innings. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. It's not fair to blame it on the pace of the game doctrine of unintended consequences. The minute free agency became a reality, it became a much more expensive game for the owners literally to the field. One of my mother's closest friends owned a minor league team in Oklahoma that she inherited from her father. And as Dorothy said to me, You do not own a baseball team. You have bought or inherited the responsibility for maintaining a public trust. Baseball, going to the park, is no fun anymore. Unless it's a minor league game and Major League Baseball is doing everything it can to kill the small minor league markets. It's disgusting. Well, I will get down off the soapbox. You stay well, dear. (laughs)
0: Thanks, Terry. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. You know, I I just, I disagree. I love going to the games. I still think it's fun. Um, You know, it's not a minor league. It's just not. That's what, that's, you know, it's not a minor league experience. If you want a minor league experience, you go to the minor league game. But I, 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 I'm with you in the sense that there are way too many commercials. I hate the Nike check. I know it's small, but I hate the Nike check on the uniforms. I hate the new era logo on the hats. It's all about a money thing. I get it. Um, But the commercials are what kills me. I mean brutal. Me, a big baseball fan you lose me in like the 6th and 7th inning. I start to go in and out, change the channel, look at something else in like the 6th or 7th inning because there's just too many pitching changes and this and that and 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 to try and, and incorporate or encapsulate young minds, the average attention span of, of a, uh, basically how you figure out attention span of adolescents is basically if they're eight years old, they have pretty much like an eight minute attention span. Like that's kind of how it works. So you lose a lot of those kids at, at that point in time. So yeah, while, while baseball has to figure it out, Rob Manfred is, uh, is one of the main culprits as to why it is the way it is. I'll give you that. Um, You can't say that going to the ballpark isn't fun. I've been dying. It's been – tomorrow will be one year since I've seen a game live in person. And that was uh, the U.S. Women's National Team game in uh, uh, Red Bull Arena. Couldn't think of the name. Red Bull Arena in uh, Harrison, New Jersey, down there by by Newark. Tomorrow will be one year. I cannot wait to get to a game. Let's go to Carlo in Kings Park. You're on the fan.
10: Morning, Daniel. How are you?
0: I'm good, Carlo. What's up? Definitely talk about
10: some Yanks and some Jets if I could. Yeah. Uh, you kind of like stole my thunder before. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but as far as the, uh, the uh, where you protected the the pitching staff. I, I like what you said. I really do like what you said because obviously it's Cole. Yeah. Um. Then you Kluber. Yep. And Tyone. Yep. And um, I think you said. I think you said uh, Herman.
0: Yeah, Herman. He might even be the third. I don't know. I'd have to see him again. But yeah, Herman fourth. I have him right now.
10: Uh, Montgomery yeah and you still have you still have Schmidt you still have the other you can never have enough pitching Daniel mm-hmm. as you well know because things happen people get hurt and you know not for anything it's a long season yeah not that I'm complaining because well, I love I mean I love baseball I'm actually gonna watch today's Yankee Yankee Philly game because I want revenge
0: because the 15 nothing oh no that was like a mercy rule that was brutal that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. But I'd still watch it, though. Absolutely. You know, Carlo, I, I, I just wrote this down. When you said long season, yes. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to uh, even feel longer to these players because last season was a short season, if that makes that, sense. That's right.
10: And a lot, people, a lot of people have this faxation that, you know, pl- this player is, is this because of a 60 games. Game? No, mm-hmm. no, no. It's 162 games. That's how you judge yeah. a player. Because that was not even was that not, not even ridiculous. I mean, you can't you can't say that uh, like a batter is one forty.
0: What do you think about Gary Sanchez, though? Oh,
10: you, you led me right into that. Oh, um, okay, uh, I'm in a minority. Okay. Everybody hates him. Everybody, everybody wants to hang him dry. Yeah, I don't because I think he is going to bounce back big time. Well, I really, truly do.
0: I, I've been reading a lot about what he's been doing. He's been simplifying things. And listen, I don't hate him either. Like, the Yankees need Gary Sanchez to play well in order to succeed. Let, let's just put that out there. So, you know, I wasn't one of those people that was shipping him off either. Like, you couldn't get much for him at that point. So, yeah, hopefully he'll rebound. Did you see the home run over over the batter's eye? I mean, that was a mammoth shot. It was
10: like, oh, that was
0: only spring training. To dead center, but to dead center—that's what I look at. He hit another one to right field. That's what I look at. He—he's—he's he's really seeing the ball well at the plate. So I think—I think you're right. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm with you that Gary Sanchez is going to have a bounce back here. I mean, it can't get any worse than what he had. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's—it's going it's to be good for him. I think so.
10: Absolutely. And as far as the Jets go, Danielle, let me tell you, another person that like they like to hang out to dry is. Um, is uh, is Sam?
1: Yeah.
10: I mean, not for anything. Sam has had no one to throw the ball to. Nobody. Sam has had no one, no one on the line to protect him. Nobody. And you know him, well, being but... a coach. You know, you know being a coach. Unless you have protection, you're going to be on your back. And last time I checked, you can't throw. You can't throw on your back. But that's just me. I don't know. Did you watch but, the
0: Super Bowl? Did you see Patrick Mahomes? Well, Case in point, except, you know, you know, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Case <laughs> in point, he didn't have an offensive line. Look what he looked like. Same thing. Exactly. I felt like I was watching Darnold 2.0 out there. <laughs>
10: exactly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still, am not. I still don't want to give up on Sam. Me neither. Me personally, I don't want to give up on Sam. Nope. But they do. Do I they?
0: Get, but do they? I, they said what they what Joe Douglas said a couple days ago was that he was going to answer the phone if it rang. Get you know what else? I'm glad you, Car, Carlo. Thanks for the call. I'm glad you said that because Joe Douglas said he was going to answer the phone if someone called about Sam Darnold. You know who? You know what other teams said they were going to answer the phone? And this is the same line if someone called about their quarterback. The Seattle Seahawks are the Seattle Seahawks really going to trade Russell Wilson? No, but. They said they were going to answer the phone. So did Joe Douglas about Sam Darnold. I really don't think that the Jets are going to trade Sam Darnold. They shouldn't. Then I made the, the argument before. See what he can do. You saw what Ryan Tannehill did without Adam Gase. Now let's see what Sam Darnold could do without, without Adam Gase. You know, someone before brought up, oh, he was seeing ghosts. That's a mental thing. Seeing ghosts is a mental thing. That means you were not prepared by your coaching staff. That's not a talent thing. That's a, that's a mental preparation thing. Right? I mean, duh. Obviously, Wayne Corbett came on here and told you Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. He would stick with him. And again, again, to be fair, this was before all these Watson and everything. I, maybe I'll email Mar- a, a Wayne Corbett closer to uh, the draft and see if he wants to come back on. But, you know, Wayne Corbett said he'd stick with him. Tony Richardson said he would stick with him. I'm going to trust the opinions of, of NFL players. NFL Jets, former Jets. I'm going to trust that opinion. You know, kid's got skills. Whether he flexes them in New York, that's another thing. I hope he does. Let's go to in the order that you guys called Lenny in Fort Lauderdale. You're on the phone. You're on the phone. Hey, fan. welcome back. Thank you, thank that you, thank you. Sweet. Hey, you mentioned
13: the Knicks. I, I couldn't be happy with the season.
0: How great Ted are they Badeau playing? Has
13: brought him back. Uh, he doesn't count out to the players. If they're playing poorly, sit them on the bench.
0: He, You know what? Do you know when I fell in love with Tom Thibodeau? It was a preseason game, I believe, or one of the first games of the season. And it was like within the first two minutes of the game, they screwed up. He called the timeout and ripped them right there. Oh, I, I loved, it. loved
13: it. Loved it. I love it. And let me tell you, Julius Randle's playing better than any Knicks. since Bernard King, I think, or oh, Patrick Ewing. Wow. Better than Carmelo. He, he does it all, this guy. Yeah, I'm so happy for him. He all really of a sudden, in though, a lot of work.
0: but all of a sudden, right? Tom Thibodeau unlocked him.
13: I was, a, I love the way you said that. How he unlocked, he unlocked him. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I've never been a fan of Derek Rose, but, but his, his not he uh, looking attitude good? And his, yes. and, and the way he's come to the Knicks. Yep, I have to say I'm very impressed with way he's he's come and he's made a big, a uh, big improvement.
0: Too. I will. I so, am with you. Yes, I, I agree.
13: And I got a couple of things in, in, as, as far as. Um, uh, SNY, I think they probably just ran out of a little money since they hired Carton and uh, Robert. Oh, stop. That might be a little bit there.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Just, the Mets were just sold.
13: I know, right? Imagine. It's ridiculous. You can't find the game. And then um, oh, a little bit about the media. The media, two big stories that seem to me to be being pushed under the table. Mm-hmm. One is um, Andy Reid's son's story. Yeah. Uh, it, it just it needs more attention. You know, they're getting all sloppy. I mean, the guy was drinking, leaving work. That means he's drinking in the office.
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know leaves. that part. It's
13: just horrible.
0: Yeah, and the poor girl. And, uh, Brain and
13: uh, now the kid is, uh, looks like she's in big trouble, you yep. know, mm-hmm. health wise and to and that. I wish her well. And also, this uh, Terry Frank Ola thing that came out he knew
0: yeah. about Mickey Calloway. hmm And
13: that and his is... his son, uh, what's, that, what's that scenario? Was yeah,
0: I, I know, I know, I know. You know, I, I was, I have that in my notes to go for tonight, and no one really brought it up except for you, uh, Lenny. You're, you're always good at bringing up things that no one else does. You really are. Yeah, um, Yeah, how terrible. You know what else, though? And, and Lenny, I'll let you go so you can hear this, um, but... Thanks for the call. Uh, you know, this Terry Francona thing, this this Mickey, everybody, it was like the worst kept secret about this Mickey Calloway thing. Um, you know what? Apparently, I read a quick, very quickly, I read an article that um, said that one of the girl's husbands or fiancés or whatever, boyfriends, alerted MLB. He told Major League Baseball and it fell onto deaf ears. Again, how many strikes does Rob Manfred need or get you know what I mean? He he he's he's got like nine lives this guy. He should have been gone after the Red the, the Red Sox and the Astros cheating scandal. He should have been gone. The way he handled that was a complete botched, mishandled, mismanaged any word miss that you could put in there, he did. It was awful. Guy should have been gone then. But now oh, Come on. More and more and more and more is coming out under his tutelage, under his watch. Get him out of there. Get him out. Let's go to Greg in Huntington. You're on the fan.
4: Uh, good morning. How are you, Danielle?
0: I'm good. How are you, Greg?
4: I'm good. Uh, I was telling who um, answered the phone that I just got my vaccine. So I left the Javits Center about an hour ago. Uh-huh. And I'm on my way back home to Long Island and I'm still feeling pretty good. Your first vaccine? By, well, the first one and only. I got the Johnson Oh, Johnson. 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 Oh, good for you. So, so far, so good. Good. And um, getting back to sports, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, I, I waver, but the way I'm looking at it now, I'm agreeing agreement with you. Let him be. Take the draft picks. Let Salah and Douglas build the real team. And I think, honestly, I think Douglas is playing a little bit of a game here Yes, where he said something Last year, about you know, I'm going to take uh, calls on um, what's his name, the guy, the safety we sent to Seattle. Uh, I remember. <laughs> yep. And yes. And Jamal took it, you know, personally. I think in this case, it's different. Where he say, "I'm going to take calls on this." So anyone that really wants to run up that board is now calling Douglas, saying, "Hey, listen, before you do that, how about that pick? Yes. You know, maybe we can offer you a little bit more,
0: and maybe that sparks a conversation and." And then, he, and, a- and, and Greg, and then he knows what all the other teams are thinking. So then he knows exactly. how far down he can go to get what he really wants. That's what I think. Uh,
4: exactly. Yes. And, and I think that that's, that's really good because I'm not going to tell you that if I get to eight or nine or ten and if Mac Jones is there, do I take him as a backup? I would think that might be a nice little thing. Or I just turn around and take the extra draft pick and I really pile into it because here's the deal. I'm a fan. You know a lot more about the game than I do. I mean, I do coaching on the side and, and for um, for my daughters when they were little. Mm-hmm. It's a different story with you, and it's a different way different story with Krabat and, and uh, Richardson. Mm-hmm. You guys are professionals. You see it all the time. I'm on one side of the ball. When I see someone playing at a different level and they're playing the game above everyone else, that's what you're looking for. If these guys see it in him and he just didn't have the tools, Right. then you have to let him because – he has that talent. Exactly. He had that talent at USC. Exactly. If talent doesn't go away, you build the talent up.
0: Yep. Totally with you. Greg, great call. I'm totally with you on that. And, and where that starts and ends is with coaching. And that Sam Darnold did not have a good coach in Adam Gase. He actually performed better. If you look, he performed better under Todd Bowles, the defensive-minded Todd Bowles, than he did with Adam Gase. Smorgasbord full of topics tonight. We have the remaining, probably about a little less than 15 minutes remaining in the show, so if you want to get aboard, uh, we, we're popping. We are popping in this 5 o'clock hour, 877-337-6666. As you can tell, everything is on the table, from Yankees starting pitching to who is going to be the starting ca- uh, catcher, the starting quarterback for the New York Jets um, moving forward. Everything in between. It's all It's all there for you. Get aboard. We have, looks like we have one line open for you, 877-337-6666. Welcome back to McCartan after midnight. This is your last chance, everybody. We are careening towards the end. 6 a.m. is when Bob Salter will come your way at 6 a.m. Uh, I, listen, I just got a tweet a, a little while ago, and let me just uh, select all here and copy what I was just responding to. Uh, I got a tweet from Jim. He said the Mets and Yankees are not going, or not going to go out of their way to broadcast games to only a handful of people that are there to watch. NCAA tournament is only a week away. So people are dialed into college hoops for their brackets. Uh, sure, that's great. However, I think with Cole and DeGrom especially pitching today, I, I that's what I wrote back. With Cole and DeGrom, I think there would be a suitable audience. Right? A substantial, suitable audience. So uh, if you want to if you, can't, if you can't get through, it's 877-337-6666. You can tweet me also at Coach MCCARTAN. Okay, I'm just going to ask that you guys on hold. Um, just keep it quick, keep it to, to one subject, and, and here we go. Paul in Flo Park, you're on the fan.
13: Yeah, how are you, Daniel? Good. Paul. All right, yeah. Uh, do you see what I'm seeing with the uh, with the artists?
0: Looking I good. Think First this place. Is,
13: uh, breakout. Yeah, I definitely see uh, good things coming now for where they've been uh, playing the last couple of weeks. Anthony the is back in the lineup now, and Matt Barcel, you know, with that
0: crazy goal scored. Oh, my God. That was am- that goal was yeah. amazing. Right? Right? <laughs> it's almost like there was nobody else on the ice with him. It was just a practice. It was like through the legs, backhanded. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot to get excited about if you're an Islanders fan, Paul. Always.
13: Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Good to talk to you. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. Thank All you, right. thank you.
0: Talk to you next week. All
13: right. All right. Definitely, definitely. Have a good one. Bye. All right.
0: Paul tweets me all the time. He sends me DMs all the time about the Islanders. He is a huge Islanders fan. I love it. All right, let's go to uh, Alex in Astoria. Alex, you're on the fan. Hey, yeah, I mean, Garcia, he's got to be in the
12: rotation. I mean, if you want to put Montgomery as your long man or something in the bullpen, but I watched Garcia last year. He was just, like, out of this world for his age. If you want to put him down in the minors for, like, a month to decrease the innings, I can see that. But he's in your top five, you know.
0: I, I-, I think he has a propensity to give up the home uh, run. That's the only concern that I have, that I'm going to be watching him moving forward.
12: Yeah, and I guess my only other point I had was with, yeah. uh, with the logos on the jerseys and the hat. I mean, yeah. if you, I'm probably one of the two people that watches NASCAR around here. You know, they got you know eight different logos, they think, at the end of the race. If, if it's one or two, things, I can deal with that. But, uh, you know, I, I it's, know, it's a change. It's difficult,
0: but <laughs> I, I know what you mean by NASCAR. Like, it's all over. It's plastered yeah. all over the yeah. place. I, the NBA is getting yeah. that way too. They have a little logo on their jerseys. I can't stand yeah. it. Get out of there.
12: <laughs> anyway, I'll let you guys. So you can get to someone else. Yeah,
0: Alex, thanks. I appreciate it. And and as far as Davy Garcia, I just I wrote down a question mark next to his name. I would like to see him versus Montgomery, versus Schmidt, versus King. So maybe, um, I don't know who's pitching this week, but maybe this time next week we can have a discussion on those guys. Let's go to Sparky and Dobbs Ferry. You're on the fan.
13: First of all, Coach, it's great news that everything worked out well. You're vaccine. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, eventually. I'm back, though. I'm good.
13: Oh, you're always great. Um, Thank you. Now, you brought up before about how baseball has a hard time attracting young fans. Mm -hmm. Just look at the difference when you go to Yankee Stadium as opposed to City Field. When you go to Yankee Stadium, everything is so corporate. There's nothing oh, there to chill. I for can't children. stand it. When you go to City Field, there's so many things there that can get young kids yes. interested in baseball.
0: Yep. I agree with you. The, you know, batting cages. I mean, uh, was it Comerica Park is like that too? they have batting cages. They have all kinds of things to, to attract kids. I, I'm with you there, Sparky. I get it. And it's, it's, the corporateness of, of Yankee Stadium is, it's just, it's so bad. It, it's it's really bad. You know, of all the stadiums I've been to so far, and we can talk about this maybe next week, but of all the stadiums I've been to so far, I got to tell you, my favorite probably, probably is Fenway Park because you could sit so close to the action. They're not special box seats. They're not special entrances. They're not, there's nobody's name on the seat that you're sitting on. You know what I mean? That's why I liked Fenway Park. And I wish, I, you know, this is a conversation for another day, but I wish that Yankee Stadium was never, um, you know, was never knocked down. I, I, I wish that the Yankees did what the Cubs did with Wrigley Park at Wrigley Field in, in the sense that they kept the same structure. And I said this at the time. Keep the same structure. Improve it, though. Like Wrigley Field, they have um, that, what is it, 1912 club or 1916 club, whatever it's called, underneath. It's beautiful. It, it it compares. Actually, I want to say it's it's nicer than the the um what the Yankees have with the the Legends Suites. It's nicer. I've been in both. Not in, uh, the Cubs wasn't for a game day, but I've been to both. I prefer Wrigley Field. Uh, you know that club, and I know we're talking like corporate club seats and all that stuff, but I'm just saying, Yankees Stadium, Yankee Stadium, the corporate feel to it is just it's it is it's it's very sterile feeling. I, I get it. I like City Field. I love Fenway Park. Kill me. Kill me. All right, John in Freehold. You're on the fan.
18: Good morning, Danielle. What's up, John? Danielle, March 25th coming up real quick here. NBA trade deadline. Yes. And, uh, a lot of rumors out there regarding the Knicks and what they may or may not do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're better off not doing anything right now. I, I don't want to surrender any assets. I don't want to jeopardize their future salary cap or uh, player personnel or, or uh, draft commodity uh, stock. Victor Oladipo is a guy that gets mentioned often, and Victor Oladipo is com- you know coming off a major quad injury. Mm-hmm. He's had a foot injury recently. He's had back issues in the league. He's had knee problems. Yep. He's always broken down. He's always hurt. He's not a real impact player, and he's not a winning player, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, and he's already gone on record as saying he wants to sign with the Miami Heat as an unrestricted free agent over the summer. So why would you give up assets and bring a guy like that in? It would make no sense.
0: Perfect point. Same with
18: Andre Drummond. Same with Andre Drummond. He's not part of your future there's no perfect trade that they can make right now there's no perfect player available their biggest need is the point guard and there's no franchise point guard available via a trade right now so i'd rather have them sit tight continue to develop and grow as a team this year they've been a lot of fun and over the summer get your business done have a real strong draft maybe package those picks and identify a franchise point guard because that's your biggest need yes nail that down and then there's going to be, New York's going to become a destination. Danielle, there's players that are not being talked about now that are going to opt out over the summer and want to come here. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather go that route where I just have to surrender money and bring them in to fill spots that I may need on the roster, rather than giving up draft picks and young players and, and compromising their future. They just don't have enough talent on this roster right now. Yeah. They just don't.
0: John, you nailed it in every way. You nailed that every single way. If I'm the next, I'm standing pat too for all of the reasons that John just said. All of it and. Quick Google search of Andre Drummond's name, you'll find that the Knicks are considered to be frontrunners for Andre Drummond. The trade proposal that, that people are, are putting forth is Knicks get Andre Drummond and a Cleveland uh, 2023 second-round pick. The Cavaliers would get Frank Nilakina, Reggie Bullock, and uh, and Ignace Brazikius. Um I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I think that they've got a good thing going here with Tom Thibodeau. Uh, they're clearly playing up for him. And again, like, like John said, they need an, uh, uh, a point guard. And being that there are none available right now, listen, no one thought the Knicks were going to make the playoffs, right? Can we, can we put that out there? Maybe if you're a diehard, you know, irrational fanatic, you, you you always believed in it. But no one logically looking at that roster, looking at the East, thought the Knicks were going to be making the playoffs. And if the season ended today, they'd be the five seed. So roll the dice. You're playing with house money at this point. Just go with it. Just go with it. See what happens. Then uh, it's already starting. The Knicks are looking like a, a destination, like John said. John's really tuned in with the Knicks. They're looking like a destination, and you never know what can happen then. And they're in a good cap situation too. So let it roll. Play with house money and see what happens. That's my my philosophy with the Knicks. And uh, Mick in Rocky Point, you might be closing us out tonight. You are Mariano Rivera of the night, Mick. What's up?
6: Hey, Danielle. Welcome back. You were missed last week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Danielle, how great is life when one of our biggest complaints is that an exhibition game wasn't on TV? I know. I mean, think about it. But, Mick,
0: Mick, it's my job. I have to watch it. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying how good is life? I know.
6: I mean, that's pretty good when that's one of our main things. Anyway, Danielle, I missed you last week. I'm so glad you're back, and uh, I'll let you go for the next guy, and if I'm the last guy, have a great week.
0: All right, Mick, you too. Thanks. I'll talk to you next week. Uh okay. Oops, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, I just got a tweet. Uh, yeah, Greg Greg from Huntington t- tweeted me again, and he said, uh, I just spoke to you, Greg from Huntington. Everyone forgets about Severino. At some point, maybe about the 100-game mark, he will be back. What to do then? Um, good question. You know, I, I didn't forget about Severino, but the Yankees have to survive until they get to him. Oh, that's, what, through the month of April, through the month of May, probably through the month of June, right? I, I think he told Moose and Maggie, they told him, what, the end of June, beginning of July, he'll be back. So at that point, you got to see where he slots in. You got to see. You got you to gotta see how, how he is against game action, live hitters. And and Greg is, is proposing Cole, Kluber, Tyone, Herman, Severino. Montgomery. Say that's that's one that's too long, but I would probably I would probably do. I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I don't want to make a prediction here, but Severino's got to be probably the two or the three, and I don't know. I would maybe Klu- Cole. I really think Kluber's got it, so I would do Cole, Kluber, Severino, Tyone, Herman. I think that's pretty good, pretty formidable. I mean, based on what we've seen, or Cole, Kluber, Severino, Herman. Tyone, maybe, is what I would do. I don't know. But I think if you're a Yankee fan, you're you're quite optimistic that your starting pitching rotation during this first week of spring training looks a lot better than what you thought it could have looked. And for the Mets, your, off, your, your offense looks good. Clicking on all cylinders. I, I think you're happy if you're a Met fan, too. Listen, they missed out on Bauer. They missed out on Ramuto. First of all, I don't think they were really all the way in on Real though. Let's just put that out there. Bauer could do without him, right? And George Springer, the guy wants six years instead of five. He's 31 years old. He wanted a six-year deal at 31 years old to play center field. Now we're talking about first baseman here, you know? I'm glad the Mets didn't go on that last year for him. I'm glad they passed on. So we could talk— All about this more next week. Thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. I love coming here. I love talking to all you guys. If you missed any portion of the show, hit that radio.com rewind feature. It's a free app. At 440, I was joined by New Jersey Devils forward Miles Wood. Gave us great perspective on their recent skid and a COVID-adapted 2021 season. Actually, you know what? While you're there, just go ahead and rewind to 3 a.m. Listen to the whole thing while you're at it. Great job to Nick tonight. Behind the glass, as, as they say and to to Kevin Dexter. I always want to say Kevin Dexter Lawrence. (laughs) Kevin Dexter on the updates. Bob Salter is up next. In the meantime, you guys hit my socials at CoachMCCARTAN, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We'll keep the conversation going throughout this week, and I will talk to you next week.
1: Sports Radio 101.9 FM. FM. W.